everyone ready for the crush of video games coming out in the next six weeks? That's right, kids. March is almost upon us. Well, it's a few weeks away still, but episode 149. Yeah, February is a start. <laughs> February is just like, it's just the beginning. It's, it's the little tickle before you really get started. It's, it's the feather, feather to your nuts. That, that's all it is. <laughs> all right. Episode 149 of the PS Nation podcast. How's it going, Mark? It's going. Yeah. Working hard? Mm-hmm. Uh, kinda. Not as hard as last week, but I'm still busy. I think I finally sobered up last night, so I, I should be it's good It's about go. time. You, uh, <laughs> I, that is the first time I've ever actually seen you drunk. I've seen you a little <laughs> tipsy before, <laughs> and a drunk Torgo is a very talkative Torgo. I have a lot of things to say, apparently. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, well, we'll just go ro- do a rundown of what's going on and then uh, go through the regular stuff before we get to the meat of the show. going to start off with new releases, a uh, bunch of news, an interview with Ben Jones, designer for MAG from Zipper Interactive. He's been on the show before, but uh, we had him back on for some follow-up questions. Uh, what we've been playing, another On the Crapper review, uh, this time of Blast Off, which is a PSP Minis title from uh, Mr. Zavari. Uh, hands-on with the real view V screen for the PSP. It's it's kind of interesting. Review of Borderlands plus the DLC again. I'll believe it when I hear it. Review of Battle Fantasia and uh, emails and voicemails. So uh, a lot of ways you can get a hold of us. One way, of course, is that you can send us an email. You can hit the little contact us button on the uh, psnation.org website, or you can shoot an email to podcast at psnation.org. You can also leave us a voicemail. Some people's emails haven't been getting to us. I have no idea why. I can take a look at it. Two people told me they sent emails, and I checked, and we never got anything. Hmm. Maybe they're spelling something wrong, or they're doing psnation.com. They can always try the contact form on our site instead. Indeed. That works. Indeed. That always works. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail in a couple different ways. If you have Skype, you can just hit WDT-Torgo, or you can call our voicemail line, which is 715-502-9773. Standard long-distance rates apply, and you get about three minutes to talk. Uh, you can also find our forums over on VGEVO.com, and there's a great shortcut to it. If you go to our website at PSNation.org, hit the forums button, boom, right over to there. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook. Do a search for PS Nation Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ps3nation. And, of course, as always, you can find us on Furious Gamer Radio, found at furiousgamer.com. Or if you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch, you can go to the App Store and, for 99 cents, grab the Furious Gamer app and check out ours and a whole bunch of other really kick-ass video game podcasts uh, it's working Stream now. Live. I tried it last week. Oh, it's working. All right. I, I was going to actually try it tonight when we were done. Uh, also, some people, again, have been asking if, uh, I guess there's like a a droid listener or something like that on, on the new droid phones. Uh, somebody <laughs> emailed us about it. Uh, so I've heard people say it works, uh, but you can also go to our RSS feed, um, which is on our website, and, and just go to psnation.org, and there's like a RSS feed thing, uh, a subscribe button. And I think that'll get you right into it. So neither of us have droid phones. So I, I no. don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm hipster enough with my iPhone. I don't think I'm going to be buying a droid. <laughs> Although I'm thinking about it because I'm really getting sick of AT&T. So. Yeah, like the voicemails that took an hour for me to get tonight. And the text for my wife, I'm on my way home, but I'm stopping at the grocery store. I got like an hour later after I had talked to her. 
<laughs> well, not just that. When I tried to call you on Saturday, uh, oh, to yeah. remember to bring something over, and uh, you and I had to run somewhere, and then you said, "Oh, you called my phone." Yeah, that was just wonderful. Thanks, AT and T. Thank you yeah. so much, AT and T. So, all right. Well, uh, time for you to do your job, and uh, we're going to do a couple extra new releases this week as well. Yeah. And thus begins the 2010 gaming <laughs> avalanche. I really think this, like, I was just, before we recorded, I was paging through the coming soon stuff on GameStop's website. I don't recall another year where there have been, like, this many, like, huge titles, especially ones that I want to play coming out. This could end up being one of the biggest years for gaming ever. I think it could be one of the biggest years of gaming ever by the time E3 rolls around already. This it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, we don't even know what else is going to be announced for later this year. Yeah, uh, I wow. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a and you and I talked about it, but it seems like a lot of companies. I mean, Matt, March seems to be this magical month this year, and and like I said, I'm wondering if it's because that's the end of their fiscal year and they have to get the game out by then. But there's some yeah. great games that I've been like eagerly anticipating that are almost seem like they're being dumped out there to die. You know, Yakuza three mm-hmm. and, and everything I mean, Sega's publishing <laughs> essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've got the Sega superstars, uh, cart racer coming out. They've got, um, what's that resonance that resonance of fate or something. Same day as final fantasy 13. Are you kidding me? Three. And it sucks. Cause 3d dot heroes dot game heroes comes out in March. I believe. No, that's may. That's, oh, that's may. may. That's may. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Woo. Like you said, you were looking through that list tonight and you were just rattling off games. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. Holy crap. Yeah. I hope yeah. some of these get pushed back, but I think you are right that it's a fiscal year thing, which is why we're seeing so many in March. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, and then the other one anyway. that you brought up alien versus predator. Shit. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, Another anyway. Sega game. Thanks, Sega. Um, <laughs> Sega! <all right. laughs> uh, okay, for next week, we've got Shadow of Destiny for PSP from Konami. I, I remember reading about this a while back, and I completely forgot it was coming. It's a port of a PS1 RPG that was actually supposed to be really good. Yeah. It's kind of a cult classic, I think, but I know very little about it. Unfortunately, I have no time to play it, so there you go. And uh, the other big titles next week that are really kicking off this year, Mag, of course, for PS3. Woo-hoo. And uh, we may run with this for the next couple of weeks as huge stuff comes out. These aren't games that are on PlayStation systems, but if you're a multi-console owner, or you know, these are just games that we think are awesome and definitely deserve your attention. We've got Tatsunoka versus Capcom on the Wii. Hell yeah. Uh, no More Heroes 2 for the Wii, which eh. people should buy because you're never going to see these kind of games again on, on the Wii or a lot of other platforms if they don't sell. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Mass Effect 2 for oh. uh, PC and 360. So there you go. The the gi- ginormous gaming avalanche begins. <laughs> this is just the tip of the iceberg kids. And, and for, for those of, uh, of our listeners that are kind of new to the show, uh, you know, this is a PlayStation show primarily, but Mark and I are, you know, the first and foremost, we're, we're gamers and we own all the systems. And from time to time, 
we're going to talk about games on other systems. It's just going to happen. Uh, now it could be us talking about the Saturn or the Turbo Graphics, or it could be us talking about like I, you know, I talk about Shadow Complex on the 360 every now and then. Uh, and Mark apparently played Bayonetta on the 360 once. I'm not sure. Just a little. Yeah, but it, it's going to happen. And unfortunately, if, if that's not your cup of tea, uh, you've got the wrong show. Uh, you know, yeah. we're about video games. We we've we play probably mostly on the PlayStation platforms, but it's it's oh, all yeah, about the games. Definitely. So I've got an entire yeah. walk-in closet full of games from systems that are not PlayStation. Uh, you know, Neo Geo, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, et cetera, et cetera. So, but we are saying. still a PlayStation show. So ninety percent of what we talk about is still PlayStation. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So there but that you doesn't go. mean. Just doesn't mean you should discount anything else that's out there. Because there are games like Mass Effect 2. I am seriously hoping that the rumors floating around about it hitting PlayStation, maybe, are actually true. Because if you're a RPG fan and a sci-fi fan, you really need to play this game. It's, Indeed. It, like, I'm, I, I'll talk about it what I've been playing, but I'm trying to finish the first one finally before 2 comes out. And it's freaking awesome. But you are playing it on PC. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, news. Well, the first one I figured you probably want to go with. I don't know if you've watched this trailer yet or not. I did. I didn't uh, get to look too much into it, but <laughs> uh, there's a new game coming out called Patchwork Heroes, which is the localization of a game called Million Ton Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> is that cha cha cha? I can't say it. Uh, this is by the same guys, they're the same crazy genius minds behind Holy Invasion of Privacy, Badman. So you can pretty much assume it's going to be weird. Yeah. From the video, it looks like there's this gigantic patchwork flying battleship, and you're some sort of, like, thing that has to, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it, it's carving pieces off of it. Like, go to, hit the link and go watch the trailer. It's tough to describe, but it has a nice, catchy Japanese theme song. Yeah, the the song is very, very infectious. Insanely Mm -hmm. infectious. You should try to capture that and put it during the break. I could probably try to do that. I think that'd be very easy for me to do. I think you should. (laughs) All right, well, look for that music during the break. (laughs) I'm the idea man. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's your one for the year. Everybody gets one. Yeah. All right. No, it looks like a cool game. Uh, old old school gamers will recognize the gameplay looks very similar to a game called Kicks, um, which that's the first thing that I thought of, and a lot, apparently a lot of other people think the same thing. So, looks cool. Looks really cool. I'm uh, itching to try it out, and it's not because of the infectious music either. Uh, all right, on to the next one because apparently I hype this game too much. <laughs> Fab Princess the, is getting a patch of version 1.04. Uh, which is going to fix a bunch of stuff, but also is adding another uh, a map for free. Uh, was it like Brown Town, which is just hilarious Brownie to me? Town. Brownie Town, yeah. Uh, so it's a, a city themed map called Brownie Town. Uh, the patch is coming out on January twenty first. So by the time you're listening to this, hopefully, uh, also fixed an issue with the online ranking. So now the all time and monthly scores for Team Deathmatch and Invasion have been swapped to post correctly. And a few other things as well. There was like a shield glitch that's been fixed, et cetera, et cetera. No, it's not. So. Sure. What? They said they're aware of this shield fix, but it won't it be fixed, fixed until the next patch. Oh, I thought I read it and I didn't. All right. Good job, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, unfortunately, still, there's really no good matchmaking setup in it. So mm-hmm. there you go. Still very upset. I'm very upset. 
right. I, I'm a little disappointed. The game still turned out pretty good. Yeah. But without the matchmaking, I I just never felt like playing it after it finally came out because you couldn't find your friends. I mean, you can find your friends, but it should have been way easier than it was. Yeah, I... <sighs> If they would have put something in like a clan support where we could find our clan members at least, uh, it was just it, it was just too difficult to get a group together, and and that's the problem. If if you can't have a private server even without rankings, you know, just so you can get on and play with your friends, that's my biggest complaint with the game, and that's why I really don't play it that often. I I do like the game, but I just you know I can only get on with a few friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, maybe they'll someday fix it, but I think the ship might have sailed on that one. Eh, maybe on Fat Princess Two, even fatter. Uh, all right next article this one is pretty damn cool and not really that surprising persona 3 portable for psp is coming to the u.s i don't think there was ever much doubt i mean atlas publishes everything in in the shin megami tensei series true so there you go persona 3 i'm actually really happy because i've said this numerous times when talking about these games i i love them but I don't have 100 hours to go through them. So what I really tend to like in RPGs and strategy games now is playing them on the PSP, because I may still not have all of the time, but it's a hell of a lot easier for me to like take the PSP and just like sit on the couch for a little bit, or when I'm in between something, like when I don't have time to go downstairs and get settled and sit on the couch and play it forever. Sure. I tend to have to like plan in advance when I do stuff like that. But with a PSP, you can just be like, oh, shit, I'll just play a little bit. And then you can just put it to sleep and pick up where you left off. Sure. Exactly. So, there you go. Um, did they give a date on it? I forgot. Uh, I was looking for that, and I don't see a date yet. Yeah, oh, wait, so July. Wants- July. July. Oh, cool. Yay, they're avoiding March. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't actually play much of Persona 3, because I didn't buy it until the Fez version was out. Right. So I never really touched it. I played a hell of a lot more Persona 4. So I anybody want to buy my Fez version, let me know. Because I'll probably be dumping it and picking this one up instead. Oh, boy. Keep your eyes out on uh, VGEvo.com. Oh, no, where, where have you been going? Guzex? What? Oh, have yeah, been, the trade, yeah. game trading site. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Who knows? We'll see what happens with it. I don't want it, though. Mm-hmm. I pass. Sure you do. I pass. <laughs> All right, uh, the next one for you home fans, and we know there's a lot out there. Um, if you pre-order Bioshock 2 on Amazon.com, you'll get a $10 credit and exclusive access to this home costume for $55 uh, for the total package. Uh, you can become a big daddy in home, essentially. Uh, really cool-looking costume, actually. <laughs> but you can lumber like around a like a big daddy in home, so you can go scare all the little girls like all the other weirdos in home have been doing. And be like, bitch, give me my money. <laughs> give me my money, bitch. And, no, it looks really cool, though. There's uh, some pictures up on Joystick, and I think there's some up on the blog as well. Um, they got some neat costumes. I mean, uh, Omnilaw has that costume from uh, Dead Space. So you oh, can, yeah. And it looks real, really good, you know, the glowing lights and everything on it. But I was kind of laughing at him because, you know, we're at this space that looks like it's carved out of a log, and there he is looking like he's from Dead Space. Didn't really fit in very well. <laughs> Omnilaw's weird. Anyway, on to the next I'm one. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Omnilaw. Uh, speaking of Shin Megami Tensei, uh, Amazon Japan has put up a listing for Shin Megami Tensei for PS3. It oh, doesn't snap. say 
what it is. It could be part of the Persona series. It could be part of Devil Summoner. It could be part of the mainline Shin Megami Tensei series. So who the hell knows? Uh, I, if they're putting it up there, I think it's probably bound to happen. I mean, I think Atlas had actually, Atlas Japan had hinted at them previously, but nothing had ever been said for sure. So that's cool. Uh, there's no, obviously, no information whatsoever. Uh, we don't even know if it's PS3 exclusive or if it'll be on multiple systems. So right. I guess we'll just have to wait till they decide to say something. All right. Uh, well, we, we had him on the show once before, uh, and I wanted to try to get him back on to do a, uh, a follow-up uh, because we couldn't get a lot of the mag questions answered the last time uh, just because they really, really didn't know what was going on. Um, unfortunately, we had a couple questions that actually literally got yanked uh, right in the middle of the interview because something happened on the technical side, and uh, they were specifically uh, about the clan system. So I wanted to let everybody know up front that there were questions for it, and they were approved ahead of time, and something had happened, and we talked about it right like after the first question that came up, and they basically said, oh, crap, we, we can't talk about this yet because we don't know what's going to happen. So I did get a little bit more information out of him on a couple of subjects that I don't think he was supposed to talk about, and unfortunately, uh, there was one other question that I really wanted answered that they couldn't answer yet either, but uh, we got some great stuff. And and uh, unfortunately, Mark wasn't able to, to join us for the interview as well. Uh, I don't know. No. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, though, uh, and I think everything came out really great. Uh, he definitely actually got me pretty psyched up for the game. Ne- uh, was it next week, I think it is, or a week after? Uh, yeah, next week. So uh, our thanks again to Ben Jones for coming back onto the show. Apparently he had a good enough time that he decided to come back. Uh, but here he is. He's one of the designers for MAG uh, from Zipper Interactive. Well, we are joined by Mr. Ben Jones, who is the uh, one of the designers on MAG from Zipper Interactive. Uh, and Ben, thanks again for, for coming back onto the show to talk to us. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. And actually, I say us, but Mark's actually not here tonight. He he bolted on me. I don't know what he's doing. I I, I don't know if maybe... I think he's probably drinking in a closet again. Doesn't he do that a lot? I actually thought he might be laying in a, in a ditch with a bottle of booze in his hand or something. I'm not sure. So well, pretty, pretty close. Pretty yeah, close. but I'm sure he's all right. He's used to it. Us in Wisconsin, we kind of grew up in a different way. So we'll be all right. <laughs> so, Understood. Um, well... You know, I, I wanted to try to get you back on the show to kind of just do a follow-up to, to what we had talked about earlier. I, I know there were a lot of things that weren't really solidified yet, and now the game is you know pretty much ready to come out. I mean, what is it, like almost a little bit over two weeks that it's going to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to kind of get you back on for a follow-up. I know we have a lot of uh, fans of the game uh, over on our forums on VG Evo and, and a lot of people that listen to the show that... Have been playing the beta. I mean, we've I, I've run into so many people in the mag beta, especially when it went public, that were like, you know, recognize me off the show, and we're just saying, you know, how much they they enjoyed the interview, and and so we just wanted to kind of do some follow up work with you, maybe even revisit a couple of the questions that we had earlier. Um, awesome, so, that's done. Yeah. So uh, first off, before we get to the the, the questions that were uh, posed to us by the by the listeners, I just wanted to go over a couple things. That I'm interested in because I play this game. So the first one is: uh, ha- Have you guys been able to finally finalize and and talk about how many different locales or how many different maps there are going to be in the game? And maybe if you could give, give us kind of an overview of those. 
Yeah, so, I mean, you have three base locales uh, in the game, right? You have one per PMC. Um, so you, you've got Fowlers defending all of their missions up in Alaska, and you have Raven defending their missions uh, in Central and South America, and uh, Severs defending all of their maps in Central Asia. Um, so, you know, three really definitive-looking fields. And then um, in, in terms of maps, we've got 15 total, including a training map for each faction, um, so you've got, you know, uh, three sabotage maps, three suppression maps, three domination, and three acquisition. Okay. Um, and what, you know, what's nice with that, um, you know, people say, oh, well, in multiplayer-only game, you know, that's not that many maps. But you got to think about how big these maps actually are. And, you know, each time you're coming in, you're most likely going to be playing in a, you know, a different platoon uh, on the larger maps. So that, you know, gives you a completely different perspective because they're all laid out really uniquely. So we feel between that and, you know, the dynamicism going on in the battlefield that you're going to have a really unique experience each time you play the game. Okay. Well, and, and you mentioned the different modes. Uh, is there any way maybe you could give us kind of a little snippet of what each of the modes entails? And uh, I, I'm assuming that the player count per mode is pretty much going to be like this mode is always going to be this many players set up. Or is that going to be right. dynamic as well? So, well, I mean, you know, we, we fill the games to capacity. Um, when we launch them off, we kick them off um, with a really high player count um, and then fill them in from there. So you're, you're generally going to have, you know, towards the upper end uh, of each cap whenever you go out to play. So we'll start off with the smaller ones. We've got Suppression, um, which is basically 64-player team deathmatch. Not a lot of people saw that in the beta. It was only open for just a little bit in some of the early phases. Right. Um, so that'll be exciting for anyone else who's, uh, you know, who's been playing the beta and looking for something fresh. And then we've got Sabotage, which a lot of our players will be familiar with. That's our 64-player objective-based game type. And a little uniqueness there. We throw in forward spawns as well, so that, that becomes fun. And then um, Acquisition is a 128-player game type, which wasn't opened in uh, the last two phases of the beta. So that should be fresh for a lot of people, too. That one's a lot of fun. Um, is, is that the one where you have to grab the trucks and bring them back to a point? Yeah, okay, yeah. You're, you're stealing vehicles and abstracting them out to the point and trying to, you know, elude oh, the defenders as they're chasing you down the road. That mode um, is insane. I, I, you know, I have a lot of fun with that mode. Everybody here in the studio has their favorites. That that could be mine, just because it's um it's pretty unique and you know it's so much fun to try to drive through the battle lines as everyone's <laughs> trying to assault you at once. <laughs> we we had, we had uh, more battles going. No, no, just keep driving. Don't worry about the guy behind you. Keep driving. Keep driving. I'll yeah, jump out. exactly. And everybody's yeah. yelling at each other. It's just crazy. So that's um that one's a lot of fun. And you know the it's it, you know just like any other mode in Mag, the more coordination that you got going, the better. So um. Feel like that really changes the game. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then our final, our final mode is uh, you know 256 player domination, um, which players were able to pick up in the last two betas and give a shot. So you know that's that's a ton of fun too. That's an objective based uh, game type, but it's really where you know all of your knowledge of the different game types comes together. So not only do you have you know the forward spawns and the bunkers, triple A's and tactical strikes, and you know all these all the levers of leadership coming together. You're you're basically throwing four separate platoons of 64 players um, into the fray as they, you know, they battle over a core set of objectives. So that one, that one is a lot of fun. We just finished an internal match here and, and definitely had a blast. I, I like that one too because it, it's essentially kind of a, a more beefed up and more developed version of Conquest from like a Battlefield 2 perspective. And because it's nice because you also have a, a objectives besides just getting the zone that you're trying to capture. So I really right. enjoyed that. Yeah, that, that was something that was really important for us to establish uh, very early on was that, you know, with this amount of players, we didn't want people to become bored. 
Um, we wanted there to be tons of opportunity within the battlefield, but you know you also have a ton of stuff to keep your interest. And then you know if, if you want to become a skilled player in a unique uh, unique area, like I, I want to you know specialize in repairing, or I just want to heal people, or I want to you know take out objectives all the time, you have you have that ability. Um, and it doesn't you know require you to just be a killing machine. There are lots of different ways to succeed in this game. Okay. Uh, well, the next question I'm going to ask, I, I think I know the answer, but uh, I would get killed if I didn't ask it. Has there been any movement, you know, we talked about this a little bit the last time we, we uh, had you on the show. Has there mm-hmm. been any movement in terms of uh, moving towards custom soundtracks at all? So the thing with custom soundtracks, and I, again, I'm, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but, you know, it, it is something that we looked into. And it's, it's just an overhead thing at this point. Um, you know, we only have so much memory allocated towards audio. Um, and with so many things going on in the environments, it's it's you know it's really different to uh, difficult rather to balance the load. So um, it's something that we did investigate. We found it would be you know a little too much overhead for us to accomplish at launch. But you know we're making a lot of optimizations. Uh, you know even in this last couple of weeks, um, we're finding ways to improve the game. So you know down the road it, it's certainly a possibility. I know you know I like hearing a custom soundtrack um, yeah. when I play some of my games. But I, you know I think what's cool about Mag is that we. We have a really unique built-in soundtrack. You've got a custom soundtrack for each faction. So, I mean, if you're not really digging the music that's that's playing for your faction, maybe that faction <laughs> isn't for you. Maybe maybe you should try out a different uh, different one and, and see how they work. So maybe Sever's uh, just a little been... too emo for you. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully Sever isn't too emo. <laughs> I try to avoid try to avoid any crazy emo stuff in our game. But you know, <laughs> you never know here and there. Yeah, you never know. So, well, I mean, that's that's good. I mean, it, it would. I'll be honest, it's something that I'd like to have too. I don't really, I'm not one of those crazy, I want custom soundtracks in every game, but in a game like this, or like a Killzone 2, or you know something where I'm going to be spending a pretty good chunk of time per sitting, mm-hmm. it just gets to the point where you want to have some Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains blaring through the speakers. Damn, I, you know, I love all that stuff, so I, I totally agree. I, yeah. <laughs> I hope it's something we can get you know, down the road, but I'm hoping people enjoy the soundtrack that we ship with the game at launch. Well, we'll, we'll just blame Ken Kutaragi for now for... Uh, only putting so much memory in the system. Yeah. Well, you know, it is <laughs> what it is. We do our best. <laughs> now, if he's sitting in front of me at E3 this next year, he'll slap me. So there we go. Because <laughs> he was sitting in front of me last time. Um, and then the other one that I, I know that you guys haven't really nailed down a lot of it yet, but is there anything you can tell us in terms of details with the, the clan support? Uh, you know, the the clan support worked in the last beta, worked very well, actually. Uh, we were having great success inviting people into the parties, in, inviting people, uh, you know, from the clan into a game, things like that, you know, finding people and joining their game. Worked better than it ever has worked in any of the betas. Uh, but oh, that's great. Really, the specific things that I see is, you know, the big problem was, and, and this is in some other games as well, but the person had to be online and in the game for us to be able to invite them into the clan. And and it, it's kind of frustrating when you've got... I'm going to explain this, I don't know why, but it, it's frustrating for us when we have such a big uh, community that's... It's literally worldwide, and we've got you know players over in Europe and everything else, and we got around it a little bit by having clan officers and, and basically setting up times for people to get online and do it, but I mean... Is that is that something that moving forward? Do you know if that's going to be you know when the game comes out? Is that how it's going to be? Well, I, you know, I don't know if that's exactly how it's going to be. Again, we've been continuing to make optimizations, uh, you know, and even uh, with group support and clan support, um, you know, all the way up to launch. So we'll see what happens there. I think you know, for us, that's a handshaking issue, like being able to send uh, you know send that information to 
players, you know, the players that are offline, because it doesn't just use the existing uh, PlayStation Network systems. It, you know, it, it piggybacks on top of our own stuff. Okay. Um, you know, we've got some stuff going on there. But again, I mean, we want to make that as, as, as easy as possible. So, and of course, you know, we're always taking suggestions. I think that's a pretty good one. So um, we'll see what we can do uh, do after launch with that guy. Because, you know, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, if you have such a big community, you've got people in Europe who aren't, who aren't playing or you, you don't want to have to wake up at four in the morning when they're playing that just to add them to your clan, right? So yeah, uh, excellent suggestion. We'll, we'll see where we can go with it. Uh, and then I guess the other really big question that everybody's been having, and, and again, I don't know if you have this answer yet, but uh, do you know if there is actually like a physical limitation to how many people you can have per clan? Well, the physical limitation, I mean, what, did you guys cap out at all during the beta? I don't think we did because we're just trying to get individual squads together. We're trying to figure out who plays well with who right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So we didn't cap out. I, I have not been on the official forums enough to know if anybody capped out or not. Yeah, and I, you know, honestly, I haven't heard that complaint either. I know we've got a pretty good size threshold. Um, I couldn't nail down the exact number because that's kind of been a, a moving target over development. Okay. Um, but, you know, I mean, we support a ton of people. And, I mean, it, you know, the fact that you can pull eight players from your clan at any time into a group, I think, is, is a lot of fun. Oh, I, I will say this. Your party system is awesome. It is, it is flat oh, out. Right. It is awesome. It works extremely well. Voice wasn't working in, in the lobby for a couple of days, and all of a sudden it just started working the other day. But... Um, yeah, we had to we patched that on server side, fixed that up right quick. Yeah, it, so. I mean, honestly, it's one of the best party systems I've had in a PlayStation Three game. So, oh, that's uh, great to hear, man. That was, to you, you know, to that was another big focus for us. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get on to the uh, the listener questions and and uh, thanks to everybody that that sent these in. Uh, I literally found out about this interview like late yesterday afternoon, and and we got some great questions very quickly. Uh, yeah, these are actually solid questions. Yeah, and and I think half of this just comes down to the fact that. You guys did something that I wish they would have done with some other games out there on not just PS3 exclusives, but a lot of other games. The amount of betas that you guys had out there, even with all the headaches, you know, it took so long to download or whatever, and you kept resetting our, our skill points and all of our, our ranks and everything else. But it was great not just only to get our hands on the game and, and see the pro- progress that was being made, but it helped us form some very specific opinions about what we liked, what we didn't like, and I think that's where these are some very, very well thought out questions. And yeah, yeah so I, I'm very, very happy with what we got here. First question we've got is from uh, Instra Medley. And he asks, with your PSN list being only about 100 friends long. Oh, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, how would you expect clans to organize? Will Zipper primarily rely on the fact that you're already part of a community, i.e. VG Evo? Or will they have their own website or system for clan management and time slots? So I think this kind of goes back to you know, the, the tools that are available on killzone.com and, and are you guys going to have something similar to that? Right. And, you know, we, um, we should have some support for that on mag.com, you know, once the game goes live, but, you know, also, I mean, there's so many different ways to get into groups you know, I've had, I've had clan invites just from playing, you know, playing with people in the public beta. Um, you know, it's a great way to, to be people. I mean, you're, you're automatically joined into a squad, right? So, I mean, if you're working, working well with that squad, you know, you have all the tools within the game that you need to communicate with those people and say, hey, like, can you shoot me an invite to your clan? Or you might get an invite from them. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I think, you know, between, between the message boards, between mag.com, between, uh, you know, the lists and the abilities that we give you within the game, um, people should find it really interesting to join a clan uh, or, or find some people that they enjoy playing with routinely. Okay. Uh, from Skull King one two three. During development of the game, was there any specific reason why the ability to knife during the reloading process 
uh, is not included <laughs> in the game. And I have had more people complaining up and down while we were playing the game. Why can't I it's knife so him when I'm reloading? It's so funny, man. A huge internal complaint too. So I mean, if you um, if if you were able to take part in some of the early betas, you'll know that, uh, or you will have known or experienced the fact that that was in the game that we allowed you to do that. Um, and the reason it wasn't in the last two was because we had some animation syncing issues that we had to, to handle first um, okay. to try to figure out the root of those. And so we had to take that out temporarily. But I can tell you for a fact that that will be something that will be ready to go when we watch the game because it's it's something that we feel very strongly about as well. Um, I'm a huge knife player. I really love the secondary weapons and the, <laughs> and the knives. Um, and I you know, made it a point to work with these guys and say, hey, come on, guys, we got to get this right. So nice. um, kudos to you know the animation team and the weapons teams that were able to be getting that done um, for day one because I know a lot of people over this last beta phase were uh, were not pleased with that at all. <laughs> I think you just made about half of our clan happy. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, it makes me happy. I mean, you know that that was a huge disappointment for me. Like, oh, you know, because I mean, so many times we'll you know one of our systems kicks you into auto reload because we want to make it as easy as players for players as possible to you know to get through that system. Right. Um, without even having to think about button press. But once you're locked into that, you're like, oh, God, you know, I, I want to break away. There's a guy right in front of me, and I can't do anything but switch weapons, you know. So, yeah, um, exactly. yeah it's big. I'm very glad to say that it's going to be coming because it's, uh, you know, it's very satisfactory for all of us. Sweet. You just made a lot of people's day. All right, well, uh, the, the next question, and oh, thank God for our listeners because I always forget that this is going to be in here. Uh, this is from Sirius Cross, and he says, Where, will there be a minecart as a drivable vehicle? <laughs> oh man, that that's so funny. That's like going back to the Uncharted days. That's hilarious. Exactly. I uh, I I don't think I can confirm drivable minecarts. Oh. Uh, you know, we're kind of focused on on vehicles that benefit more than one or two people. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You can be really gonna... sneaky with that minecart. I suppose you could, you know, but the thing is, you got to be able to build up a lot of infrastructure for those carts, and uh, sadly, you know, it's it's only uh, relegated to one level in the shipping uh, shipping game. So we uh, we didn't have a lot of reason to include that, but hey, you never know. I mean, that's that's an interesting idea. All right, I'm seeing DLC. All right, you never know. <laughs> uh, all right, from uh, Patriot Bball fifty four sixty, he uh, asks, any truth to the rumors? of making mag maybe even down the line a pay per game monthly or a monthly subscription where you give subscribers extra content each month. Man, that's a hot rumor lately. We we just keep wondering where these where these things come up from, but it's uh, the internet, you know, everything's mag- true. Yeah, it's all rumor, I guess. Um, you know, Mag at launch, you're going to be able to write out of the box. You can pick it up in the stores, take it home, and go right away. You don't have to worry about, you know, signing up for subscriptions or anything like that. And, you know, on top of that, PlayStation Network is obviously free as well, which is, you know, which is great. So um, we're happy to deliver, in our, deliver an online game that, you know, is, is free to play um, right out of the box. All right. Uh, next one's from MadeUp6, and he asks... Will we be able to carry our rank over from the beta to the full game when it comes out on the twenty sixth? Huge request to too. I know so many people have put a ton of time into their characters in the beta. Um, sadly, we're not going to be able to do that. I think, I think the biggest reason um, is we want to make it you know a, a really flat and fair day one experience for everyone. And you know, I think the best way to look at it is. Your time in the beta was best spent figuring out not only you know which faction you wanted to play for, but you know what kind of character you're going to build up as soon as you start. So right there, inherently, you have a small advantage, and um, we didn't really want to tip the scales by letting people carry over. You know, with their their level 55, level 60 characters into the open <laughs> game on day one would make things a little imbalanced. So well, but I do uh, have a, I do have a counterpoint to what you're saying, though. Sure, go for it. The last beta was open; anybody could download it. 
That's that's true. That's true. Anybody could down, and we had a ton of downloads. I was really impressed by the numbers that we had come through. Um, so it was you know it was really great to see that many people take interest in the game. But that said, you know not everybody who's going to pick up the game. Um, had an opportunity to download it and give a shot, or for that matter, spend a ton of time leveling up their character in it. So, yeah. again, it's all about making it fair for for you know the masses, not just uh, not just our forum guys who are insane and you know are, are so good at the game already. <laughs> Sigh, I tried. Right. <laughs> oh shucks! Well, I only, I only I, actually this last bait I was only up to level ten anyway, so that's all right. Oh, what kind of effort is that? You disappoint me. Hey, I, I tried, but when you uh, when you have when you have other games that you're supposed to play for review for for a podcast that you do every week, yeah, right. Your time gets split up. I see yeah. where your loyalties lie. I understand. Hey, I was in every <laughs> phase of the beta, though. Uh, yeah, no, that's fantastic, and we're definitely happy about that. There are a lot of people who got a chance to participate in every phase, and um, one of the coolest things that's come in over the last couple of weeks is, is comments from those people saying, you know, how how happy they are with the progress that's been made within the game yeah. and that they saw so many things get fixed that they pointed out directly. So um, that was a really fun experience for us, too. One of the other things that really stood out to us, uh, a lot of us, uh, with this last one with the Beta 5 was uh, just the amount of visuals that were added, like all the shadowing for, you know, like the little radar things up on top of the buildings and, and the shadowing with the characters. And it even seemed like the characters themselves, like, their, their textures and the meshes and everything on the characters just seemed a lot more high res. Uh, but that was something that we all really realized like right away. You know, it's funny. It's like um, a lot of the reasons that people saw that in the earlier betas will be, will be uh, because of memory limitations. So whenever we, we were over memory um, and a lot of times, it's, you know, this happened in the two fifty sixes because of so many things going on. We're streaming in so much data at once that the system would basically stick to the lowest LODs for materials. Right. Um, so, you know, people saw things like, oh, man, that's really blurry or muddy or whatever. And, you know, because we've been able to optimize uh, the game so much and reduce our memory footprint, now you're seeing, you know, you're seeing the full textures at all times. You're really seeing the beauty of the game compounded by the fact that, you know, we adjusted the lighting so much and, we, you know, we kept we kept building on our shaders and everything else. So, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's come full circle. We're really happy with the results and, you know, hopefully everyone else is too. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and, and our buddy Vladrick, this is, this is our good buddy Vladrick. He wrote a book on our forums. So I, <laughs> I picked out three of his, probably his, his best questions out of all of them that I think we can get some good answers out of. Uh, so right. his first one is after achieving the maximum rank, will there be any long-term individual goals for players to achieve aside from medals and ribbons? So there's a ton of stuff that you can do once you reach the uh, the maximum rank. We have what we call veteran mode, you know, which takes you and you, you kind of loop over and you've got all your skill points to respend and whatever. And you know, you've got uh, queer identification within your player card in the world that you know that you're a veteran mode guy and you've been there and done a scene it all before. Um, but not only that, I mean, I think getting up to the maximum levels affords you an opportunity to you know to kind of switch gears and, and play a different faction because. Well, you know, between the three different PMCs, what's so great about MAG is that they're all totally unique and you're getting a really, you know, different perspective. Maps that you were attacking before, now you're defending and it's a, you know, it's a totally different experience. Uh-huh. And um, between the unique music and weapons and gear, it's it's kind of staggering. I mean, you know, each <laughs> each PMC has their own UI. I mean, we we went to a lot of trouble to make each experience, the experience for each different PMC, really unique. And I, you know, I think it, it shows. So when, when you get up to that level, if you feel like, you know, if you feel like, all right, well, I don't want to go into veteran mode. I'm, I'm kind of done with my faction. What have they done for me lately? You know, I'm going to go right. over and, you know, try one of the other two and, and see what it's like, because it, it is a really cool experience to shift gears and see, see what things look like on the other side. 
Well, and along that line, his next question is, is perfect here. Uh, there, there's been a lot of speculation throughout the beta uh, among the community that each particular faction has its own advantages and disadvantages, such as weapons mm-hmm. for Sever being overall more powerful or the weapons for Raven having the most overall accuracy. Uh, can you specify whether this is actually the case or not? So that's not the case. Um, you know, there are several indicators within the game that, that maybe in even, even in past betas would make people think that. But you know, we, we did a lot of flattening within the factions and balancing and trying to make things, you know, as even as possible. And, you know, though, though Sever might have uh, a larger magazine on one of their type weapons, you know, Raven might have, you know, more accuracy in one of their weapons. But it's, it's down to singular cases, and it's, not, it's certainly not across the board. Huh. Um, and again, these are so these changes are are visible but minute. You know, I mean, it, it's not to the point where where everyone within a faction is going to be equipping a certain weapon because they each have their own strengths and weaknesses. Even with all the perks, you know, you still have certain areas where you're not you're not completely godlike. Um, there's still you know there's still ways to balance, bring you down to earth and balance you out a little bit. I I saw a video on on YouTube the other day. I was just dying. It was like uh, 108 kills and. It's a very, very small amount of deaths in one game. It was oh really, really impressive. But, you know, the dude was still getting killed, and the, he was actually just getting revived quite a bit. Uh, okay. um, but, you know, people, you know, he would go into groups of individuals and swing his knife in circles and, and just shoot, shoot wildly. He was taking out a bunch of guys. But, you know, every, every minute or so, somebody would headshot him from the back and, you know, and take him down. So what's nice is with this kind of scale, you know, those kind of changes within the weapons, small as they are, are going to be overpowered by sheer numbers more okay. often than not. Okay. So. Uh, and then his last question is, uh, will it be possible in the future for one faction to actually take over another faction's base of operation? For example, with enough domination victories Sever has over Valor, could Sever take over control on Valor's domination map and be forced to defend that map? So, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, one of the things we, you know, we looked at early on, but we wanted to make sure that factions were, were defending their environments at all times because, you know, not only is it on your home base and you feel like it's your home, you're actually getting, you know, advantages from operating within that environment because it's, you know, custom-built to match the look of, of your PMC, right? So, I mean, if you right. look at the Sever maps, they, they really match the armor. We want the defenders to kind of blend in and have that ability on their home turf. And that would really, you know, it really turn the tables if we did that. I mean, obviously there are other concerns with that as well, but it's a, it's a cool idea. I think um, what's nice now with MAG is that, you know, we have this established, we're going to push it out, um, and we've got a ton of ideas, you know, what we want to do in the future. Um, so we'll, we'll see where we go with it. Cool. Any uh, particular faction that you like the most? Oh, I'm all over the place. You know, I, I just, um, I try to change it up every beta phase. This last beta phase, uh, I rolled, I rolled Valor, um, and that was a ton of fun. A lot of, a lot of good strategy on that team. But I don't know. I think I might roll Raven at launch just to give it another go, see yeah. how it was. I mean, I, I, I think what's, what's cool is they all have their own unique identity, and they, like, people flock to them for so many different reasons, you know. But everybody feels like their faction is the best, and they're always fighting. But it, it's awesome because, you know, there's, um, there's a perception within the community that there's, you know, an inherent bias for Sever or whatever, and that, you know, we're, we're giving them all these advantages. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty narrow. I'll admit that there are some things that we definitely, uh, you know, have adjusted over the course of the beta and, you know, and we'll continue to look at after launch. But, you know, for the most part, it's pretty flat. I think, you know, it's, it's a testament to the, the Sever guys have been, have been play really well together. Um, you know, each time we've fixed, you know, fixed different issues that have cropped up, they've, you know, they've still shown... Um, that they're a really strong PMC, uh, which is cool. But yeah, I mean, we've we've done everything we can to balance the three. And what's awesome is that in every phase of the beta, the 
the populations have been, you know, relatively even between all the PMCs. So yeah. uh, I think it shows that, you know, that each of them is really strong and, and has their own unique identity, which is fun. <laughs> which is different than when Sever first opened up, when everybody just, there was this mad rush to Sever. Yeah, that's crazy. I think, you know, it's because we did something different with them. I think, you know, we've, um, I love, I love all the different PMCs. I think that they're, you know, they have their, you know, uh, their strengths for sure. And it's, it's cool to have a unique identity, but you know, there are some, there are certain games in the past that have tread that territory, you know, the, the tech savvy, uh, clan or faction and the other, you know, the more battle hardened faction or whatever, but you know, Sever is, is something differently different, um, for gamers to get out and take a look. And I think that's why so many people jumped on it really early, but again, each of them has their own style and, and it's, it's fun to play as each. Cool. Uh, and actually, this brought up one other question that I, actually I think Vladrick uh, brought up last time, and that was uh, the idea of, you know, if if all of a sudden one of the factions starts getting a lot more populated than, than the other one, he had posed the idea of maybe a message comes to you and says, hey, if you come over to Raven from Valor, you'll get a, a certain perk or something like that. Has that ever has any movement ever been made on something like that where you know you're you're constantly trying to keep them evened out in certain ways? Well, thankfully, I mean what's been great is we haven't had to do that, but that said, we do have a couple of tricks up our sleeve, uh, you know, kind of in ace in the hole, if you will, to to handle those kind of situations, <laughs> you know, including, you know, shifting players around within, you know, within servers to make sure that the populations are balanced. Um uh, and you know, it's again like sending sending direct messages to players is something that we'll we'll look to do maybe in the future if um, you know if that case presents itself. But I mean, you know, as we've seen throughout most of the beta, after that first initial surge from Sever, that you know the things are really evened out, um, and then hopefully you know we'll not we won't have to employ those methods, and players are kind of just work the situation out naturally. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that's the end of the questions that that we have for tonight. So. Uh, anything else you want? Oh, good question. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, I, great questions. From really happy to see some good ones. Uh, anything else you kind of want to tell us about the game before we go? Oh man, just if if you haven't had a chance to pick it up, I'd, I'd say definitely take a look. If if you know if you're into MMOs at all, if you're into shooters, uh, you know this is the game that's it's really going to stand apart from the crowd because we've got so much depth and playing in an organized group of players um, in a large battlefield is is something that I've always always wanted to experience at this scale. And, you know, I think we finally deliver that experience with mag. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely take a look. Cool. All right, sir. Well, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I know, you know, you've got a launch coming in a couple of weeks. I'm sure it's pretty busy. Uh, so yeah, well, things much. are, things are pretty crazy. Anticipation is uh, running real, real high here right now, but we're, <laughs> uh, we're very excited and we hope everybody, uh, you know, uh, gets a chance to pick it up on the 26th. All right. Well, good luck. And uh, hopefully we'll see each other in the battlefield. Sounds good. I'll see you out there. All right. Did everybody hear that now loud and clear? Let, let me reiterate this. There is no subscription fee to play mag. When you buy the disc, uh-huh. you put it in the system. Day one, it'll work. You don't have to pay a subscription like PS Vault said and GameSpot last year and everybody else. The rumor's dead. It's confirmed. It'll work. <laughs> but I really wanted to pay a subscription. I thought that's why you had a 360. Oh, 
Well, our thanks to Sony for setting all this up. Our thanks to Ben for coming back on the show. Hopefully we can get him on again for maybe a post-mortem. There were a lot of questions about DLC. Uh, I was not going to ask any questions about DLC anyway because I think it's ridiculous to ask about DLC before a game's even out. Uh, personal feelings, uh, but they actually weren't ready to talk about DLC either. Uh, they just want to worry about getting the game out. So mm-hmm. uh, it kind of worked out because I just don't understand. I, I really don't get the fact. I remember back when I bought a, a $50 game or whatever, and that was it. That was the whole game. I never asked, like, oh, are they going to bring out an update like in a year? Are gonna, I mean, am I going to be able to spend more money on this? Obviously, it's the norm now. Look at EA. They're bringing out day and date DLC for their games. Which I just... Mass Effect 2 is going to have it. Dragon Age had it. Saboteur had it. I hate that. Put it on the desk. I do, too. You know, you... they, they, They say it's not something that was cut from the game, but I think that's bull in a lot of cases. I do, too. So, yeah, I, I, we had a few questions, and, and I honestly, I never even sent those to Sony. I, I, I don't agree with asking that before a game's even on the shelves. I, I just, I mm-hmm. don't get that. So, I guess, you know, my personal feelings got in the way of the interview to a certain extent, but just get the game and play the damn thing, for God's sake. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> DLC should be an add-on to prolong the life of the game later, not as an incentive exactly. to buy it Well. You should buy games new, I suppose, just to support the developers, but it shouldn't really be an incentive that if you don't get it that day, you have to pay more later. And and to be brutally honest, if this game does well enough, why would you think there wouldn't be DLC, number one? Number two, DLC has been used more as kind of their way to combat used games. Because if you go buy a used game, you'll still want to buy the DLC for it, so that's another revenue stream for them. So... I would say nine times out of ten, especially a game like this, where it's a semi-first-person shooter with, but just on a grander scale, you're probably gonna get DLC. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, let's let's take our break, uh, and we got a lot of stuff after the break. When we come back, what we're playing, uh, a bunch of reviews, and our emails and voicemails. Well, it is time. We did it after the break this time uh, for what we're playing. So, Mark, why don't you take it away? All right. I got a few things. 
I played the Japanese demo for End of Eternity, which is being localized here as Resonance of Fate. That's ah. the Sega RPG we were talking about that comes out supposedly the same day as Final Fantasy XIII here. It's going to be better than I, Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah, you know, you know why? No, you know why? True. Because they gimped it because of the 360 version. That's why. Yeah. It, this is also coming out on PS... Uh, this is also on 360. Oh, well, then it's not going to be as... <laughs> no, okay. They're, they're equally gimped, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's... <laughs> It's developed by Tri Ace, who I believe is also known for the Star Ocean series. Indeed. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about it because the demo was just for the combat system. I watched Japanese trailers, obviously. I can't speak or read Japanese, so I was a little lost with what was going on. All I know is you've got three anime looking characters in a kind of steampunk ish world. And it's all based on gunplay. It's almost like a John Woo RPG, I guess. Because the battle system, from what I could gather, you like, or you have like a, a basically like a, a big tactical battle map. You uh, tell your guy to go from like point A to point B and target an enemy. And then as he's going, you can shoot. And they have like canned animations that are all like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like all like cool gun shots and poses and stuff as they go. It looks really neat. I do wonder if the animations would get old after a while, but it seems like it could be a really interesting take on the RPG, like on RPGs. Okay. And Famitsu's review score came out, and I want to say it was like thirty-two out of forty or something like that. Oh, okay. Which isn't too bad. I mean, that's I not bad at all. Can't really put. Yeah, it's a Japanese magazine that we can't read the reviews of, so I don't know how much stock you put into that. <laughs> well, that could be four eights. Because they do a uh, one out of ten, or you know one to yeah. ten, so it could be four yeah, eights. That's a thirty-two right there. Watching the trailers, it seemed kind of neat. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Maybe uh, Sega will be nice and send us a copy. Kind of. I did. It. I did math. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, this one you watched me play while you were over Darksiders. Yeah, I watched you play it, and I got to watch uh, Scott play it too. So I got to see the opening of the game twice. Nice, and the opening's <laughs> kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, the first part's actually the b- most boring, but I sat through it twice uh, for some reason. Yeah, well, that's why I'm not doing an actual hands-on with this, because I am barely anywhere in the game. Everybody was saying it starts slow and doesn't really pick up till after the first dungeon, so I'm waiting till I get to that point before I make a real opinion on it. Uh, I mean, it, what I played wasn't bad. It was really solid. The yeah. plot seems cool. I kind of like the whole Heaven-Hell Armageddon thing. Yeah, uh, I can see exactly where a lot of the God of War and Zelda comparisons are coming from. People who are comparing it to Bayonetta are way off track. There is nothing similar about this game except a vaguely wait reminiscent. People plot. were comparing it to Bayonetta. I think it was mostly because they came out the same day. Wow! And they're like, well, they they seem similar. I mean, like one's an action game, like a pure hardcore action game, and one is more like an adventure action. Yeah, they're hybrid. nothing alike. Everybody, they're. Yeah, Nothing alike. not at all. But comic artist Joe Medrer, however you pronounce his name, <laughs> did all the designs for it. I think the character designs are really cool, although the yeah. main character himself, I think, is a little overdone looking. Like, they're like, well, let's just slap everything cool we can on him. We'll give him uh, Hellboy's arm, and well, he's got giant shoulder pads and armor, but let's throw a cape and a hood on him, too. Make his eyes so, glow, make his eyes glow. Yeah, oh, and give him some cool looking scar tattoo thing on his forehead. And he needs Sephiroth hair. Oh, yeah, so, that too. <laughs> and a giant sword. Make it blonde. Um, blonde. 
<laughs> so I, I don't, I, I like thought it was solid. I didn't dislike it at all. I haven't been super compelled to play more of it yet, but that's mostly because I've got so many other things I'm trying to complete before next week. No, I, so I, really I will liked get back it. to I, it. I really liked it when you were playing it. I, I thought it looked great. Uh, audio was great, but even when you were fighting that real early boss and he was like lifting the whole street and moving it, I was like, oh my god, that's yeah. pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it looks like something I'd like to play eventually too. Yeah, I'll play more as I have time, and the review is going to be a little while off, but I'll review it at some point. I game flight sure. it, so I didn't actually buy it. All right. Uh, let's see. I also played some Capcom Fighting Evolution for PS2. I picked that up on a whim for six bucks at GameStop. That was. I think that was like one of the last uh, fighting games that Capcom released before Street Fighter 4, and it may have been one like one of the very last 2D fighting games. I can't remember if the PSP ports of Alpha 3 and Dark uh, Darkstalkers were out after that or not. But the uh, the gimmick in this one is they took characters from Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 3, Street Fighter Alpha series, Darkstalker series, and a very little known series called Red Earth. And threw them all into a fighting game. There's also, four characters, characters from, from Tulip, Mega Man, uh, Tulip. Was that Star Capcom? Wars? I don't know. I'm just playing <laughs> a random <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, concept is pretty neat, but execution wasn't that great because every character has the fighting system from their game. So, like the alpha characters have their custom combos and alpha counters. Dark Stalkers can do all their wacky stuff with the chain combos. Uh, Street Fighter 3 guys have parries, and like they actually have all their supers. And the Street Fighter 2 characters are pretty bare bones without any bells and whistles other than like one super. Actually, I think they gave them multiple. But okay. anyway, uh, the, the character selection's a little odd because they left out some favorites. You've still got like Ryu, Guile, Chun-Li, uh, and like, Zangief and Bison. But for some of the other series, like, you know, there's no Ken. I think Akuma, like, Super Akuma is like the final one of the final bosses, but th- they went for more of like I think player favorites like Yurian from Street Fighter Three. Um, who else? Morrigan's actually not in this for once, but they've got like <laughs> Dimitri and Felicia and Anacharis, who is a very odd character and very hard to play. But I think he's kind of a fan favorite. So most of the rest of the characters you would know are relegated to the backgrounds and unfortunately the backgrounds are ass like i don't know what they did it looks like they took a photograph and just put some photoshop filter over it to make it look sort of drawn and pixelated (laughs) it's really bad dude that could be a total fighting game where you take like random vacation pictures and put a fighting game over the front of it like we're fighting at the grand canyon that is pretty much what Mugen is for the PC, where people just took sprites and slapped them on whatever. <laughs> nice. Um, but that like char- other characters will make cameos in the background, and a lot of times they'll have like two or three frames of animation. But they look so shitty because I don't know if they tried to make them look overly pixelated to match the backgrounds, but it just looks like a mess. Huh. So for six bucks, I don't regret this. And this was actually uh, what's his name, Yoshitori Ono, the producer of Street Fighter Four. Right. I think this was like the other fighting game he worked on, but he says he came in as producer halfway through after the first guy left, and even he says this game was not a success just because it was really unbalanced with all the different fighting systems. Uh, so for six bucks, I would recommend it if you want a new fighting game. I just grabbed it to dabble with. I don't think I'll ever play too much of it, but not that bad. Right. And to wrap up quick, I, I've been trying to finish Mass Effect before 2 comes out next week. Um 
God, I probably put like eight hours into it, like the last couple of days. Yeah, you but, played it when I, yeah. when I was a uh, total slug at your house that day. Yeah, I was playing it then, yeah. and I stayed up way too late the last two nights playing it. Looks gorgeous um, on a PC. My God. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I'm trying so hard to finish it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to because I have a lot left to go, and I'm I'm trying to skip a lot of the side missions, which aren't supposed to be as fun. But some of them like just kind of compel me to want to play, and then I have to go back to the mainline story missions, which are really long. Right. And I don't play through these games that fast, so eek, it's, I'm going to be cutting it close. But yeah, we'll see. And like I said before, it would be really nice if this, or at least two, comes to the PS3, because these are awesome games that RPG fans should not miss. Uh, finally, Street Fighter Four, of course. Um, played it with Scott and played Biff Sticks Online, finally. And home. I went in to check out the Irem festival <laughs> area and won me my Hammer and Hero and R-Type statues. I was tempted <laughs> to buy more, because they have those for sale, too. They're a little pricey for what you're getting, though. They are. And like, They're like the I same price as the real and, ones. Yeah, and for the amount I go into home and the amount that I actually go into my apartment there, it's not worth it. Not for me. Yeah. I agree. I, I They were way more expensive than I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I had kind of a weird week. Uh, we were, you know, kind of busy last week with uh, the Gamers Only Older live show last Saturday. Uh, but, you know, I got done editing the show last Thursday. Or no, it was after we recorded the show last Thursday. And I caught David Jaffe on uh, instant messaging and, and said, you know, are you going to get on and play Calling All Cars tonight? Because this is the last night of, of the online servers being up. And he actually got on and played a couple of games. He only played like three rounds, but he got on and played with us one round. And uh, actually the one that he joined us in, we ended up going to double overtime. So <laughs> it was wow. freaking awesome. My, I got total Nintendo thumb that night. I played for about an hour, um, and I went eight and two. So I was doing pretty good. Uh, and and Gshar plays really dirty, I just wanted to say. Uh, if you're ahead, he'll actually... Like it, he thinks he's playing hockey or something, because he'll come up and and like wedge you into the wall and not let you move. So G Shar, you play dirty, <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm gonna get you back so bad. Anyway, <laughs> wow. but yeah, calling out cars, man. That game rules. That it just kicks ass. And um, you know, J- David Jaffe made a big blog post after it, and and I thought he was kind of self disparaging a little bit. You know, he, oh, I wish this game would have been better, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually ended up writing him an email the next day, and I said, you know. For all the stuff you said, it's still a great game, and I and I, I I to this day believe firmly that it's one of the better PSN games out there. And for the price you get, you're going to get a lot of fun out of it. And like everybody's always said, it's more fun when you're playing four player split screen in the same room anyway. So it's still a great game. A lot of people got it free with Core, and you can still buy it pretty cheap. But I, I just I love that game. I don't play it enough, unfortunately. But I'm hoping that we can get some yeah. calling all cars going at MGC. I think I think that would be a real blast. Well, because of this real view V screen that was waiting for me when I got home from Milwaukee, uh, played some Gran Turismo PSP because I wanted to see how good it looked on that thing. Uh, played a little bit of that. Uh, also, <laughs> this is going to jump all over the place. Uh, I was over at Scott's early to help him set up all the stuff on Saturday, and he was actually trying to get his dual mod working in his uh, fighting stick. So <laughs> while he was doing that, I was playing Zen Pinball I don't know how under. Well that goes. Yeah, I was playing Zen Pinball under his account. Ended up getting him like I think one or two trophies, and I ended up getting him a, a high score on the Street Fighter Four ta- or Street Fighter Two table. So yet again, I'm better at Street Fighter Two than Scott is. Uh, 
And then after uh, a bottle of whiskey, uh, we decided to play NFL Blitz 98 for the Nintendo 64. And apparently when they were in college, when Adam and Scott were in college, they actually had what's called uh, uh, Blitz Rules uh, for a drinking game. And essentially, I remember the rules, but just think of this. Pretty much any play except for losing yards because of a missed pass, that's about the only one that there isn't one, you're going to be drinking. So I ended up slamming like three more beers in like 10, 15 minutes. Although I won two of the three games and I was blitzed out of my mind. So what does that say about those guys? (laughs) Dude, NFL Blitz 98 on the 64 is awesome and it's way better than the PS1 version by far. That's one of the only Nintendo 64 games I love, but the problem is still that damn joystick on that stupid Nintendo 64 controller. I kept going sideways. I'm like, why the fuck am I moving that way? Yeah, so epic fail on that stupid controller. Uh, Also showed Scott Heavy Rain, let him play it for uh, quite a while, but I I played it a little bit as well uh, just to show him what was up. And uh, it's really cool watching somebody else play it because I was picking up a lot of other little nuances that I just didn't really pay attention to before. And uh, actually impressed me a little bit more now. Although I, I do want to say that you know Scott and, and his lovely wife announced on the show on, on Saturday that they are expecting their first child. And uh, Scott really showed what kind of a father he was going to be. He's going to kill me for bringing this up. Uh, so there's, there's one point where – there's a lot of different points with your kid. And, and there's this one point where uh, you, know, you have your son in your place and uh, you have a schedule. You have you – know, 4.30, get him a snack or something, and 5 o'clock, he does his homework, blah, blah, blah. So, 4.30, uh, Scott walks, walks over and he goes, oh, do you want a snack? Yeah, I'm pretty hungry, Dad. And then he just walks outside. <laughs> so, the kid goes and gets his own snack, and then he comes back in and he goes, ah, he doesn't need to do his homework. And then, and then uh, he, he, you can, one of the, the, the gameplay elements is you can hold L2 every now and then, and it'll show the thoughts going through your mind, and you can kind of gear the the character's thought process and one of them was do i get the kid dinner or hey he hasn't asked for anything yet i won't get him dinner and that's the one scott chose so he never fed his kid and then he sent him to bed early without without dinner and the kid's like i hate you like i looked at scott and i said you're gonna be hearing that a lot <laughs> so, so uh father of the year right there i'm sorry scott i think you're gonna be a great father <laughs> But it was damn funny. He was just being a total asshole to his kid in the game. <laughs> uh, also played, well, we're going to be talking about it later, but Battle Fantasia. I ended up playing Nabashine for one round online, I think it was. And uh, mm. I think I kicked his ass. Oh, that's right. I did kick his ass online. Uh, <laughs> so played that. Uh, also, well, the next day after uh, after the beating that my liver took over at the Sours, uh, came back over to your house for a while and I... Thought I was all right until I hit the couch, and I was just kind of laying there sideways while you were recording a, a thing for next week. So I tried to put uh, Devil's Crush for the Turbo Graphics on. I had no reflexes, so that didn't go too well. <laughs> <laughs> um, also played the Dark Void demo. I still want to play the game. Uh, you know, the, the the reviews out there have not been great. I've seen up to seventy, but a few people on NeoGaf are really kind of saying the reviews are full of shit, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I, the ground controls, I think, are worse than the flying controls. I think the flying is actually pretty good. A lot of the people were kind of complaining about it, but I had no problem with the flying. The ground controls, the third person, it's okay. I, there's a little, it's a little off. But they said the game actually controls better than the demo too. Um, so yeah. I'm, I was gonna go buy it today. I didn't have time. 
But I do want to play the game still. So, and I don't have. It'll Gamefly. probably be in the bargain bin in like a week. That's a you know and yeah, it's unfortunate. The thing is, I think White Knight Chronicles will be showing up next week. So, and Mag's going to be out next week. So I might hold off, but I do really want to play Dark Void. So we'll see what happens. And then last but not least, uh, last night we got on and played some Killzone 2 and had an a- absolute blast. Uh, we got on one server and just ripped them a new one. It, VG Evo was just dominating, like just rolled through like locusts. Uh, so then we got on our own server and it filled up pretty quick. So no, it, it was, and I love that game so much. And the funny thing was, uh, I was, I was typing some emails cause people were emailing me and so I would like kind of go hide in the corner and I started looking around, just looking around at the graphics and everything. I'm like, God damn, this game is gorgeous. We should have put it in that category. Damn it. Anyway, so yeah, the Kill Zones 2's still loving it, and goddamn, it's going to be a long time before I stop playing that game, I think. I think it's going to take, I think it's going to have to take Battlefield Bad Company 2 to pull me away from Kill Zone 2 at all. Mag I'll play, but I don't think it'll be like non-stop like Kill Zone 2. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I'm done. uh, I'm done. So, uh... We tried to do this every week. We didn't have one last week because someone got a job with the man. He's now the man. Uh, but our buddy Zvari sent us another PSP Minis review, one of the On the Crapper series. And uh, this one is for Blast Off. Hi, I'm Zvari, and I play my PSP when I'm on the Crapper. This is On, on the, the Crapper, Crapper Reviews. reviews. Today we'll be looking at Blast Off, which you can find on the PlayStation Store for $2.99. This game is the second PSP Minis offering from Australian developers Halfbrick Studios, who also brought us Echoes. Since it's been a while since my last review, I just wanted to remind you all that Echoes is an amazing game, and you should all own it. Blast Off is another action-slash-puzzle game, but it's of a completely different variety. You're tasked with launching a rocket into a little universe that's littered with spatial bodies and attempt to rescue the astronauts floating within. It's complicated by the fact that every asteroid, planet, and black hole exerts its gravity on your tiny ship. It's an addictive puzzler that can be played a couple different ways. It's also incredibly challenging. Some folks might be put off by its sharply escalating level of difficulty. Blastoff's 45 levels are evenly divided between four difficulty settings, from easy to insane. The game forces you to complete most of the levels in each difficulty before moving on to the next, which might seem limiting, but is actually pretty smart. Like Echoes, the first levels serve as a tutorial for the controls and concepts in Blastoff. The game plays very simply. In each level, your rocket starts on a miniature planet Earth. The D-pad or analog nub rotate the planet, changing your launch direction, while holding the X button builds up thrust power. Once you launch, you're at the whims of every source of gravity on the field. However, you can still hit X to fire your thrusters and steer your ship with the directional controls. You can also tap the L button at any time to abort your current attempt and try again. I appreciate this feature the most because Blastoff is definitely a game of trial and error. The faster I can recover from failure and try again, the better. Thanks to the L button, I can instantly detonate my little rocket the moment I realize it's going to fail its mission. Whether you crash into a planet or destroy the ship yourself, there's no penalty for failure. You simply respawn at your starting point. You don't have to worry about a finite number of lives or retries, and there's no loading pause between attempts. 
I usually don't care for trial and error exercises, but Blast Off makes retrying so painless that I actually enjoyed the process. There's plenty of variety to the obstacles put in your way. There are asteroids, planets, and black holes, each with their own gravity that affects your ship in flight. Mostly, these objects are stationary, but some levels may find them in motion, adding a new dimension to the challenge. Making contact with any of these objects is instant death. As you navigate the field, you have to collect astronauts to unlock the portal to the next level. Typically, the number of astronauts needed to unlock the gate is less than the number of astronauts floating around the level. The game scores you on how many astronauts you saved, your remaining fuel, which is how often you use your thrusters after launch, and your remaining air, which is basically how long you took. Regardless of what you score, you can only get as high as a silver star in a level if you don't save all the astronauts. Save them all, and you win a gold star, unless you can beat the high score set by the developers. Earning a brick star in a level is a sign of true mastery. Sometimes it feels like there's only one specific way in each level to earn a brick star, the exact amount of thrust on exactly the right trajectory, and so on. However, some levels can be mastered by sheer force of will, and a little luck. Now you might forget about mastering the levels by the time you reach the end of medium. At this point, the difficulty seems to ramp up unreasonably. I found myself getting very frustrated at some of the later levels, and my wife found herself frustrated by some of the very early ones, so I do have to emphasize that Blast Off is very fun up to a point. I strongly suggest wearing some sort of wrist strap while playing this game, because the urge to throw your PSP is bound to arise. The game is an excellent visual design for such an inexpensive title. Each level is set on a star-filled backdrop with beautiful nebulae. The celestial bodies lack a little variety, but all look very well rendered, with dynamic lighting and rotation showing off their quality textures. Even the rocket and astronauts are 3D objects. It can be hard to appreciate the visuals on a small PSP or smaller PSP Go screen, so if you can, I recommend booting the game up on a PS3 at least once. It looks just as good on a large TV and controls exactly the same. The sound design is excellent something I am starting to expect from Half Brick Studios. The music is a collection of four tracks that feel both calming and energetic, utterly appropriate for the game's space-bound antics. The soundtrack is now freely available from their website, halfbrick.com. The sound effects are a perfect fit for a game, though I do wish there was a better one for the thrust buildup at launch. The current effect is a flat sound, whereas I would have appreciated one that raised in pitch as it builds up further. It would have just helped to have an audio gauge of thrust power in addition to the visual one on screen. Regardless, the existing sounds fit the game's theme perfectly. They have an otherworldly feel, and their echo implies a vast space. I'd much rather have these sounds during my space travels than the silent void of actual outer space. So, how does Blast Off wipe up? When it comes time to flush, Blast Off is... I'm happy for you, and I'ma let you finish, but Echo is the best PSP minis game of all time! Yes, I know- OF ALL TIME! Yes, I know. I reviewed it two weeks ago. Oh, really? My bad. Anyways, Blast Off is somewhere between Heavenly Triple Ply and Decent Two Ply. It would be perfect if not for the abrupt jump in difficulty, but it is still an incredibly fun challenge to try and try again.
The game for this review was purchased by the reviewer and not provided by the publisher or developer. Music is from the game Blast Off, generously provided by the developer Halfbrick Studios. You can leave feedback for the reviewer on Twitter by following Highway Z, that's H-W-Y underscore Z, or on the VGEvo forums at VGEvo.com. <laughs> so, apparently, Kanye is now showing up in PSP Mini's reviews as well. <laughs> God damn that guy. <laughs> Kanye is everywhere, and he still has no talent. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I can't stand Kanye. So, all right, man. Well, our thanks to Zavari for for uh, sending the, another great review. Uh, very nice job, sir. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he has next. So, well, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, this, this showed up. It was sitting at my doorstep when I showed up on Monday night. Uh, and and I, I kind of kept hearing that we were going to get one of these, and I didn't believe it. But uh, the the fine people at RealView sent over uh, what they call the V-Screen. <clears throat> and what this is, it's for the PSP, and essentially it's like a magnifier, but it's supposed to pull out, it's supposed to essentially enhance the picture and give it a lot more depth. That's what they're saying. Uh, now, this actually is an Irish company, uh, and it's and it's manufactured over in Ireland. So I don't know if maybe uh, Martin's family works on it or something. <laughs> he is uh, gonna kill you. I know. Love you, Martin. Uh, so, so this thing, I, th- I believe it retail. It's gonna retail for forty bucks. I think. I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to find out all the facts. It, well, I don't think it was on the, the sheet that came with it. But uh, I only play Grand Turismo PSP with it, and that's why I don't want to do a review of it yet. Uh, to be honest, so far I don't see the enhancement they're talking about. It does seem a little bit brighter, but uh, it, it definitely works as a magnifier. It doesn't really. Uh, it doesn't, you know, skew the image at all, anything like that. Uh, it, it is kind of neat how they have it set up because it's actually set up where you can use it as a case for your PSP as well. So it's this big mm. clamshell case, and you snap your PSP into the bottom of it, and there's like a little rubber uh, gasket that goes underneath it so that it doesn't scratch up your PSP. And I do have the extended battery on it, and it pops right in there. And there's a little latch that makes the uh, the viewer actually kind of pop out. So the problem is, is that to really get the full effect, you have to put your eyes really close to the screen and it, it essentially becomes a virtual boy. <laughs> so it's the, it's the best thing I could do to describe it. Uh, hmm. So I don't know. I, I really haven't played it enough yet and I don't want to review it or anything like that. But uh, the funny thing about it is, and somebody caught this in the picture, I caught it as well. But because I put a picture up on Twitter, and it actually says for PSP one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, and quote unquote slim. I don't know if they mean the Go, because to be honest, I don't know how you would play the Go mm. in this thing because you wouldn't be able to get to the shoulder buttons. So is there They're a new PSP? Just, well, there was that other thing not long ago that came out, like an accessory that came out that actually said PSP four thousand. Right. Yeah, and it was, I, don't, I don't remember what the hell it was, but it was specifically designed for the old style PSP, not the Go. Uh, I yeah. think it's just oh. a, that one, though, I think it's just a slip up because everybody referred to the 2000 as a slim and True. even the 3000. So I think it's just a slip up. They're just trying to cover it in case people don't call it yeah. by 2000 well, or 3000. Well, I'm, I'm going to try the Go in it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get it in there and see if there's. The problem is when you look at the design, there's just no way you get to the shoulder buttons. Whereas if you have the full-size PSP in here, it actually has cutouts for the shoulder buttons, and you play it while it's in this little caddy. And I, I don't see a way for it to work, so I don't think it's going to work for the Go. That's that's my initial reaction. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just haven't tried it yet, and it's in my bag. I, I'll try it after we're done recording. So that'll help. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's 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 pretty neat, and, and I mean, it doesn't hurt your eyes or anything. I played it like probably five races with it, and uh, you know, it, it magnifies it. But you can also do that by hooking it to your TV. So True. there you go. Yeah. So uh, so far, that's it. I don't even think it's out yet, to be honest. So hopefully, I'll have a full review next week for it. I'll try a bunch of games on it. Wipe. I actually really want to try Wipeout on it. I really want to try a Little Big Planet on it. Try like Street Fighter and Darkstalkers. I'm curious to see what it does to 2D games. I could do that too. I don't even need a reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now this isn't some cruel joke. You're not gonna like pull pull some kind of a, a like you just got X'd joke on us or anything else because you wrote down that you have a review of Borderlands plus the DLC. I do, and Kanye probably won't even interrupt this one. <laughs> God, I hope not. But what I am going to do is keep it short and sweet, since uh, everybody and their mom has already played this, I think. Very true. <laughs> My mom actually really likes this game. Yeah, mine mine thought it was okay, but she thought it got repetitive towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes, uh, long time coming. Uh, I have no excuse, I just didn't play it. Borderlands. <laughs> um, I played a lot of this, actually, when we first got it. And that was when I played it the most because I had taken over my buddies and we played split screen co-op like all night. And it was a lot of fun. So I basically had to redo all that on my PS3 since, you know, the save file was on his. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Borderlands, I honestly was quite surprised by this. It, it, I, everybody, there was a whole like, was it Michael Pactor or one of the analysts who said that this game was sent to die? Yeah. And then it ended up actually selling really well. And people were like, my God, this game's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, that was packed. uh, I remember that. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought it might be good considering the hype. And really, I found it to be pretty enjoyable and kind of addictive, as these loot grabs kind of are. The most notable thing, though, I think, is the art style with that kind of cool drawn look to it where I I can't tell how they did it. Because I know this had a visual style change while it was in development, because it kind of looked like your standard FPS kind of thing. Uh-huh. But now it's got that drawn look where all the textures look sketched or hand-drawn, or maybe they just use like a filter on it. Right. So I'm really glad they did that, because I don't think it would have been nearly as pe- as appealing without it. It kind of just would have been really generic looking. But it fits, because the entire game has this really goofy sense of humor, like the little robot claptrap guys that are always going around like right right saying all sorts of random stuff and everybody's favorite i'm dancing i'm dancing because you hear it constantly (laughs) and it gets really annoying but like the enemy boss characters have really funny intros and the characters themselves are goofy as hell i really like it i think they did a great job with the aesthetic look to everything um i mentioned it as everybody probably knows it's a loot grind but the difference here is that it combines the loot grind of, like, say, a Diablo and combines it with an FPS. So instead of, you know, clicking your mouse button, you you are actually playing an FPS, shooting like you would. It's got control schemes that mimic all the popular FPS games, literally. Uh, I don't know. I think that was both a positive and a negative for me because I obviously love the loot grab kind of gameplay. But I'm not as big on FPSs, and it that didn't turn me off of this game. But what I didn't like is that when you start out, I felt you felt really weak because your weapons are so underpowered when you start. Right. That 
it didn't really pack the punch that I felt like the FPS gameplay should have. And honestly, even when I got later into the game and got better and better weapons, I mean, that that problem mostly disappears. Like, your weapons, you'll get cool add-ons. I mean, they went insane with the add-ons for these weapons. Just different stats you can get for them. Elemental stuff that, you know, can catch those guys on fire. You can get sights for shotguns. And, I mean, every combination you can imagine. I mean, they touted that this game has, like, more weapon combinations than I don't even know what. But... It never the weapons never quite have the the feel I thought they should have for an FPS. Well, I, and I think hybrid. that's why I kind of lost interest. Is yeah, it, it because the game levels up with you while you level up, and it never seems like you have at least to me because I, I level up very quickly with the guys when I was playing multiplayer. When I went back yeah. to play single player, I was like, well, hopefully I'll be able to dominate a little bit early on. And no, the, the game kind of scales along with you. And I never had that moment where I thought I'd have a one-shot headshot kill or, you know, I just, it always felt like I was working too hard when, mm-hmm. you know, basically, what's the point of me leveling up all the time if I'm never going to have the, this feeling of dominance or this feeling of having some power? You do eventually get it just because your weapons get so super powerful, but you're right. Everybody like levels with you. And I found the problem with playing with people online who are higher level than you and kind of taking you through everything so you level up really fast. When I went back to the single player game, I wasn't necessarily like powerful enough because my levels may have gone up, but I didn't get all of the equipment that I should have. Right. So that was kind of a problem. And it's just this weird thing because playing it single player is not as appealing as playing it multiplayer. You get better loot because it's only you taking it all in single player. But the game felt, after a while, it did feel a little repetitive to me in single player. Like These types of games usually do. But after a while, I just felt like the weapon upgrades were getting too incremental. And I really didn't like the inventory system that much. I thought it was kind of a pain. Right. So, I don't know. It it was still fun, and it's still compelling to play from that, oh, I can't wait to get the next thing, or next, you know, piece of treasure, or next best weapon that these games keep you going with. But, like... The story, to, the story's barely there. It's not really good or bad. It's just there. I mean, you're doing. It's all mission based. You know, you take missions at the signpost, and then you go do whatever. And honestly, after a while, I just kind of stopped paying attention to whatever the actual story was. And it's like, okay, I got to go here and kill this or kill X number of these. Okay, I'll do that. Right. But yeah, the weapons themselves, though, I'd often feel like I walked into a situation where I didn't have the right weapon for what I needed to do. And I know you can alleviate that in multiplayer because you've got people to watch your back. But when I'm sitting there getting my ass kicked because I don't necessarily have the right or most po- or powerful enough weapon, it, it wasn't that much fun, you know. Well, I think so, part of it also is you don't have the mind or you don't have the mindset of an FPS player, as I noticed right away when you were playing it, because you were mm-hmm. shooting at their torso and their legs, and I'm like, aim for the head. And once you start aiming from the head, you'd see critical, critical, critical. Oh, yeah. I mean, I and, and that's nothing against it you. It's just you don't really play a lot of, a lot of FPSs. And I think that's kind of where, you know, the crossover might affect some players. Like with me, it, it it's an FPS, sure. And, and I was having a decent time with it. But as an FPS, I don't think it's really, it, it was more like Resistance 2's online co op mode, where it's more of an yeah. MMO type of gameplay. And, where it fell short for me personally was the whole loot grab thing. I mean, essentially, I was like, wait a second, you guys are screwing up my head. This is just Diablo in first-person mode. And then oh, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. 
that's why a lot of people say it's not fair to classify this as an FPS or like an RPG or anything like that. Cause it uses elements from those, but it's still, it's a hybrid. It's its own thing really. But yeah, I completely agree. And I think that can turn people on or off. And personally, you know, like I said, I don't hate FPSs, but the FPS gameplay combined with this wasn't nearly as compelling to me as something like actual Diablo or Fantasy Star Universe or Online or like Torchlight or something like that. I'd much prefer to play those than like this style of gameplay, but I think this is still a good game. I think they did a great job bridging that gap, and I can see why so many people were interested and kind of latched onto it. Sure. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, it is a lot of fun in co-op. It's way more fun in co-op than a single player. The split screen works okay, but the frame rate takes a huge hit. I mean, it takes a hit when you're online multiplayer, too. We all know about the online issues it had at launch, and I, I guess, reportedly, there are still some. Who Was it Zvari that bought it and couldn't connect to anybody? Yeah, he was having a real hard time. They, they said it was a, a known problem, but only with a select but, few people and Zavari yeah. is one of those people <laughs> yeah so that's shitty that's really shitty it is shitty um what else i i don't know i think i pretty much said everything the only other thing i would have liked was maybe some more character appearance customization options you can change their color scheme but they're always i mean they're specific characters so they always have the same name and pretty much look the same i don't know i mean it'd be you don't really pick you pick up shields you don't pick up armor and stuff Right. But I think it would have been cool to be able to customize that a little more. But I hope it doesn't sound like I'm knocking the game too much, because I actually do think it's really good. And I am I was happy to see this succeed, because it's something new and something that hasn't been done before. Definitely. And I would really like to see them refine it a little bit. It, it so, was obvious to me after playing it that it was something that was geared more towards what you would play than what I would play as a FPS player. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get to, get it to you so quickly, is because... And I, I do think that you're getting a lot more out of the game than I was. And and again, it's oh, not yeah. a knock on the game. I mean, like you said, the art style, I freaking love the art style in this game. Um, I got to see some pretty cool stuff when I was playing with, I don't remember who I was playing with anymore, but they were at a, at a much higher level than I was. And we saw, like, we battled this humongous boss. Now, of course, when I was shooting, I was only getting, like, one hit point every time. But mm-hmm. um, just the art style and, and the character designs and everything else, I thought were excellent. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, driving around in that car and running over all that crap and that Ooh, awesome sound. Yeah, the driving controls. controls. Driving controls suck. Well, it's the Warthog controls from Halo. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It, they're not it, good. They were, they were bad. <clears throat> I agree. But overall, I mean, it's still a, a really good game and definitely worth checking out if it sounds interesting. I give it a B overall. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. I'm not going to grade it. I didn't play it enough. Yeah. Um... But for the DLC, there's been two DLC packs released. Uh, Zombie Island of Dr. Ned, I think, came out around Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, right around there, yeah. Yeah, I I thought this one was actually really cool. I'm The zombie theme's getting a little played out, but because this game is so damn tongue-in-cheek with everything, they did a great job with it. I mean, it's full of like self-referential zombie stuff, like Scooby-Doo references, and really, really well done. And I think the missions themselves are actually pretty fun. And there's, a, there's enough of them that it actually feels worth the price. Uh, as a con, you have to be a decent level for it. Otherwise, you're going to get your ass kicked hard. Right. But I, I did not experience this because my level wasn't that high. But I've heard that if you get in there when you're really high level, this, it actually caps at a certain point where the zombies don't scale anymore. 
So then it's not a challenge. I don't know if that's for sure. I was like reading this off a forum. So, oh, okay. you know. <laughs> the internet's <laughs> always me, right. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> but this one I highly recommend. I think it's really good and a great way to extend the Borderlands play. Uh, the other one that was just released is Mad Moxie's Underdome Riot. Ooh. Um, well, one thing is stylistic as hell. I love the style that, yeah. that it's all presented in. The intro is hilarious. Yes. Mad Moxie going through her husbands and stuff. And um, it adds a bank for your, your items. So you can actually store some stuff instead of carrying it with you. But if you have more than one character, it doesn't work across your characters. Ugh. So you're stuck with one character. The problem is, it's basically arena battles. There's like a, a Halo firefight kind of mode. But right. uh, this this sucked. I'm sorry, but it sucked. I, I think I would probably would have gotten more out of it than you did. I don't know, man. It's it's boring because the fights go on way too long. Sure. You don't get any experience for the guys you kill. And the loot drops aren't very good. You don't get any experience so, from all that? No. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's kind of weird. Yeah. You do get, like I think, two more skill points for it. And okay. obviously trophies. But, trophies, you yeah. Know? I would say this one... like. Zombie Island's worth the money. Mad Moxie is not, unless you're that desperate to extend your Borderlands. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, you did it. You played it. You reviewed it. Wow. That's a load off. Now we have, like, what, six more games for review that we haven't done yet? (laughs) Get on that, bitch. Well, you got to get it all done before March. Oh, all right. Well, uh, the last one we're going to review, and both of us have actually played this quite a bit uh, Battle Fantasia. From uh, mm-hmm. Axis Arc Systems uh, for twenty bucks on the PSN. Um, yeah. I really like this game. I do too. I wasn't so sure after it came out, and then I downloaded the Japanese demo of it again, and I'm like, "Eh, it's not bad." But then Axis was kind enough to send us a review code of it, and I'm glad they did because this is actually a very solid fighting game. It's it's pretty unassuming. Yeah, but once you and it seems simple. It, it it's but like, okay, for those who don't know, Axis and Arc System Works are the guys who do Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. Right. This plays way more like a Street Fighter clone than either of those do. So it's not the game system isn't really hard to get a hold of. You've got your basic Street Fighter moves. You've got four attack buttons, like two punch, two kick. Right. And every character has a unique heat up move, which you can spend suit your super bar, and has different effects. Like it. It's time limited, but some characters will get new special moves. Some will just get strength added, or like the little kid has a dragon that comes out. The pirate's got like the ghost pirate that adds an extra hit or two. Um, it's pretty easy. And there's like a parry move that you can do. Otherwise, everything is straight up Street Fighter. You've got your charge characters, your typical Ryu Ken characters. Mm-hmm. So, not hard to get into. But once you actually learn, the, start learning it and getting into the heat move and stuff, it's actually got some depth to it. I, I you know, know I, think? I played the uh, story mode with two different characters, um, and we saw you play. I saw you play with a third one. I think it was the pirate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and the story modes actually are different. You end up fighting a different character at the end every now and then. And, and uh, well, the way yours ended was completely different than the way mine did. But, yeah, it was a little uh, weird. That was really odd, but it's a fun game. It's very approachable, like you said. Uh, I think the graphics look great. I don't think it's, you know... 
like Street Fighter Four or Blaze Blue no. look good, good looking, but it can't, it's a good solid or like visual Soul game. Caliber or even Tekken. It can't hold a candle right, to those, right? But it, it's solid. It, it, the animation is yeah. good. The, the the colors and everything are really good. Uh, the control is really solid. I mean, it's a good mm-hmm. game and. You're getting a lot of depth yep. to it. You have a, a story mode for all twelve characters, and like I said, it, yeah. they're actually kind of different throughout the game. And it's, and it's nice to have that there, but at the same time, it's kind of like throwaway and nonsensical. Because well, it is, but you unlock stuff when you do it. Yeah, but the characters like talk a lot, and oh, this is not in English. They have the they still have the Japanese voices, and everything is just you know subtitled in English. Which I'm glad they actually left. I rather yeah. have that than yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it plays well. It's got an arcade mode because this was actually an arcade game in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arcade mode is very straightforward. You get 12 characters to choose from. So not a huge lineup of characters, but, uh, definitely yeah, not anemic as well. Yeah. It's the a designs thin. were, the designs were good. They were a little out there, but not nearly as bad as Guilty Gear and some of the Blaze Blue characters. Right. It has a storybook quality where... You've got like the little the kids like the little kid and his older brother who are the sons of the great knight and there's like the pirate the cat girl the dude with guns and a bag on his head um, I don't know you, you just got to kind of see it but I really like the way they're drawn it's got this really sketched style to it but they still I mean they're not really animated but they like have the kind of like stretch so they breathe and their mouth moves and the eyes blink and stuff during the the dialogue right. scenes. And it looks nice. It's a decent change of pace from what you typically so, see. And then, and then you know, we got on, and you were playing, uh, when I showed up on Friday, you were playing against uh, Nabashine online. Yeah. And, you know, I played one round with him, and I actually thought the online was solid. I mean, again, it's not Blaze Blue online, but it, it works solid. We have one little lag spike throughout the entire mm-hmm. time we were playing. Uh, voice chat worked fine. Uh, but the big yeah. problem with online was that nobody's on. on. There's nobody <laughs> on. Uh, you're you're not going to be able to go, you know, hit the matchmaking and find anybody because literally, there's. I, I think you found one guy and it was. I have actually found a few people in the unranked. Oh, okay. So that's not too bad. But ranked, I never found a single person. Yeah, it's so that's disappointing. But it's twenty bucks, and yeah. That's that's the other thing. It's it's a very very good price for what yeah. it is. Uh, Scott bought it. Did he? Oh, cool. Yeah, he was asking me about it. And I, I kind of went through this whole spiel with him, and I said, you know, I don't know if you're going to play it very often and everything. And he goes, eh, what the hell? And he and he bought it. And it, it, I think it's a very approachable price at twenty bucks. It, it's a good solid yeah. fighter. There's nothing broken in the game whatsoever. And uh, you know, you were even, it was kind of funny because you were even saying, ah, I might buy it at thirty or whatever else, and that was twenty, and I I was blown away. Uh, yeah, I was surprised I, I really stood at that price. So am I, and and I think it was a good idea. Uh, I think it's a worthy game, and and for those yeah, that that definitely. have your fighting fix, or even just kind of, I consider it more of a almost like a casual fighter, where you know it's not super over the top fast like a King of Fighters twelve or, or Street Fighter four. Yeah, uh, it's not an overly complicated fighting system like in Blaze Blue. It's but it's fun. It, it the character designs are a lot of fun to play with, and there's some great sound effects and. <laughs> that waitress is just hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it's a, that's it's a, good a way really to put solid it, though. game. It is pretty casual. But going back to the online for a second. Sure. I did have some lag problems. It seemed to like sl- be really slow when matches first started. Like it didn't stutter. It was the, ju- the whole thing just slowed. Oh, okay. But it seemed to clear up in a most of them after a little bit. 
And I didn't okay. really notice much input lag or anything like that. But I'm not. No, I thought it controlled very solid on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I don't know. I'm going to give it a B. Uh, personally, I think it's a great game for the price. It's not the greatest fighting game you're ever going to play, but damn it, solid. And it's definitely above average. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to give it a B as well. Because I think, like I said, it's unassuming, but pretty solid. And it's at a fantastic price. And it's a, it's actually a surprise to me. Yeah. And it's got trophies, yo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on to the emails and voicemails. Boy, we're just blowing through this stuff tonight. Woot. Woohoo. Uh, let's see. What is this first email? You want me to read this, I guess? Um, no, I'll do the first one because the second one's for you. Oh, okay. Go for it. Okay. Well, hello, Glenn and Mark. I'm having a really hard time picking what games I want to buy this year and last year. <laughs> so does everybody else. <laughs> I have a PS3 and I play any types of games. Any suggestions on what I should buy? Great podcast and keep up the great work. From Wilt Fam. Wilt Fam. Um, <laughs> boy, so many games. Yeah, it's kind Just of a broad category. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the ones I'm going to buy in the next couple months, uh, definitely Mag. Uh, definitely God of War 3. Um, Yakuza 3 I'm buying I'm really interested to see the Sega Superstars Kart Racer Boy what else there, there are other games I want to get uh, Well I'm, I'm going to get Tatsunoko vs. Capcom That's Wii though um, mm-hmm. Shit what am I missing Well you go three years maybe you'll find something Did you say God of War 3? Yeah I say God of War 3 Okay. Um, well for last year uh, If you somehow missed Uncharted 2 Definitely get that well, yeah. um, Also check out Demon's Souls For damn sure Huh. Um, coming up this year, Super Street Fighter 4, obviously. Um, you could always pick up Street Fighter 4 on the cheap if you want to practice before that one comes out. Ah, I'd wait for Super to come up version. by now. Eh, if you want to get a leg up on the competition, it's not a terrible idea to get the old one. God of War 3, obviously. I mean, there's Heavy Rain, Final Fantasy 13. Motorstorm Pacific Rift, which you can find for a good price, I'm sure. That's a yeah. phenomenal oh, game. White Knight Chronicles. White Knight Chronicles, which I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, there's really, like we were saying early in the show, there's way too many games coming out. Yeah. it's So I man. would just go to GameStop.com, hit the Coming Soon section, or just go to, like, PS3 and hit Coming Soon and just go through the list up through, like, July or something like that. Alien vs. Predator might be good. Yeah. Looks good. It's from Rebellion. Yo. Yeah, hi, man, I don't know, I'm <laughs> overwhelmed. All right, well, on to our first voicemail now. This one goes by really quickly. This is from our uh, our our buddy Perkin, so make sure you listen. Like, like I said, it's really quick. What the fuck was that? <laughs> here, Thanks, here, Perkin. Here. <laughs> I think he was trying to call when we were on the Goo live show and he called our Skype instead. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. But I listened to him like, oh, I'm playing that. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Thanks, Perkin. We love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, second email. This is from uh, Chris. And he says, hey, guys, love the show. 
I'm a big Killzone 2 fan, but I purchased Modern Warfare 2 at Target just after Christmas on sale for 40 bucks. I thought I would jump right in, but Killzone 2 has been hard to put down. Needless to say, Modern Warfare 2 is still in the shrink wrap, like my brutal legend. So my question is, should I even open Modern Warfare 2? I could just no. play Killzone 2 and maybe pick up Battlefield Bad Company 2 in March. The beta was awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm sure Mark will sit this question out, as he should. <laughs> uh, so, Glenn, what do you think? Thanks, Chris. Uh, P.S. Keep the comedy clips at the end of the show. They are a blast. Where do you get them from? Uh, well, I, I'll do that first. Uh, the comedy clips will always be at the end of the show unless I get uh, a court order. Uh, that is that is something that I feel very strongly about is stand-up comedy, and it's been a part of my life. So uh, where do I get them from? I actually own a ton of uh, comedy CDs and and albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually own some comedy records even. Uh, and wow. so bad that uh, Amazon had over 800 different like albums on sale for five bucks each last or two weeks ago or whatever. And I bought 10 new comedy CDs. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, you so own, you you really own own these like you are yeah. borrowing them from the internet because every time we go to a used media place, you walk out with like five new CDs. Yeah, I I feel very strongly about, about stand up comedy. I I've been it's been a passion of mine my whole life. Uh, even as a kid, I would get in trouble for playing uh, like Eddie Murphy Raw, or you know, and and the the parents would all get pissed off because I had that stuff. Uh, even way back to Cheech and Chong records and Rodney Dangerfield records, and so that that's it's it's very it's a very big thing to me, and that's why I, I always try to put one at the end of the show to kind of try to expose people to to good comedy. So that that was the whole reason behind it, and that's why I try to put on the show notes like who the comedian is, and if there's a link to their website, I try to push push it out there. So, uh, yeah. Thanks much for for that. Uh, Killzone two, you know, it's funny. I, I I think I think Modern Warfare two is still a solid title. Uh, but you know they're working on another patch. They just released it for PC, so this is the eighth patch. Uh, obviously, they I think they got a little bit too big for the britches, in my own opinion. I, you know, and I don't want to say oh Infinity Ward's done or anything like that. It's a huge game, but in terms of the quality that we got from Call of Duty 4 compared to Modern Warfare 2, I think they were just a little more sloppy with this one. Uh, you know, a lot of patching, a lot of glitching, which we really... We had some in COD 4, but not this much. And he's got a great point. Bad Company 2 is coming out in March, and that beta was freaking awesome. And the beta for PC comes out next week, so I'll be playing it even more. And, um, you know, dude, unless you're really, really... Uh, in the need to play some Modern Warfare 2, I don't think you're. I don't think you have that bad of an idea right now. And if you haven't taken out of the shrink wrap, you could even go trade it somewhere probably for new. So don't take it out of the shrink wrap and say you got it as a gift and trade it for Bad Company 2. Oh, oh, did I just say that? Do it at GameStop and screw <laughs> those guys. No, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I, I I've hear, heard more and more people say that they're going to stop playing Modern Warfare 2. Uh, it's just too glitchy. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to sound like a downer. I, I still enjoy the game, but man, the last couple of weeks playing Killzone Two again. Fuck, have we had some good times? I sure just, have. Man, the the map design in Killzone Two is so damn good. So yeah, more hype. But oh, thanks for the email. <laughs> that, that's that's great that people are enjoying those clips. So all right, let's do another email. Number three from our buddy Ben X forty two three one six. Eight seven six questions three. for us. They aren't in poetry form this week. I'm disappointed. Aww. (laughs) 
After looking back at the year 2000, when we were still playing 2D overhead view games on the PS1, it's amazing <laughs> that concepts such as Blu-ray and 1080p HD have been reached in 10 short years. Since it's now 2010, a new decade, I was wondering what you guys think games will be like in 2020. Oh, God. Uh, I think all of us will have our own personal IMAX screens by 2020. I think we'll all have these big bubbles hanging off the edge of our house. No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I man... It's it's tough for me to fathom what the next step's going to be. Uh, obviously, a denser memory format of some type. Uh, yeah. You know, but if if Sony has proven anything, or, or if they're going to hold to their guns in terms of the ten year life cycle, you know, we've got a few more years before we see the PlayStation Four. I'm sure we're going to see the 720 next year, but I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I, I wow. You know, the whole movement into 3D, I don't know if it's going to be a fad or if it's actually going to be... I don't think it's think ever going to be mainstream. That's the big thing. If it if it's more than a fad, I could see it eventually branching out into something like almost holographic, where the yeah. images are actually projected out of your TV somehow. Boy, you know, what I mean? you know like, phys- physics like, really kind of holds that back, though. Yeah, I mean, ten years. I don't know if there's enough time for a technology like that to take hold or become yeah. mainstream. But I don't know. I mean, where where would gaming go? Because I honestly do not see the Natal and PlayStation Wonder One catching on to the <laughs> point where that is the the direction things go. But it worked I for really the Wii. Don't. It's got to work for the other systems. No, yeah. I don't think motion's ever going to be the thing. I, I just think there are too many hardcore gamers out there that. It's just not going to become mainstream. I mean, the Wii is off in the separate market, and, and that's fine. But you you, yeah. you go over to people's houses all the time, and the Wii that's sitting there hasn't been touched in a year. We had a great time with it Thanksgiving in 2008, but we haven't touched it since. And that, and that's, you know, it's honestly, that's yeah. what happens a lot of times. But Maybe the kind I think of it's just going to be better display. thing will finally happen, where uh, you know, every game system has its own VR helmet, where it's got, like, virtual reality games, but also maybe, like, the 3D-style digital sure. stuff you're seeing in theaters now then i could maybe see the motion stuff working better because if it's like virtual reality where you're actually interacting with it that would make more sense to me i think well yeah the vr helmet thing might be a thing i i just i see just better displays you know uh the said displays that were kind of on the forefront a couple of years ago that never really made it because of a problem they were having uh but you know we, we've got Better LED displays, better LCD displays, uh, better plasmas, and I just see you know that kind of thing moving forward and bigger screens. Um, they're obviously, I mean, forty-two inch is almost like a standard nowadays. Uh, so yeah. you're going to see bigger screens with better resolution, better refresh, and better colors. You know, blacker blacks and everything else. I, I think that's actually going to be the trend: is, is just refining those displays more and. Also, a lot more. I mean, you see a lot of Blu-ray players with Netflix streaming built in now, and, and that kind of thing. And I think mm-hmm. that's where you're going to see a lot more stuff. Uh, I don't know if Playon's going to work. You know, that streaming service where you're actually—it's almost like a Citrix thing where the game is actually playing on a server on the internet somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, being a, a tech nerd for for my actual career, I really find it difficult to believe that a twitchy game that that has a lot of motion going on is going to work over play on uh, you, you really need to prove me wrong with that one play on uh i don't well, know was man, it on it's... here where we talked about what they were saying the the acceptable delay is for that versus what the acceptable delay like response delay is for natal or did i read that somewhere 
I, I don't think we ever talked about the acceptable. Uh, yeah, because it's actually for greater for Natal than it is for Playon or whatever. Which is called. yeah, would, and and I mean the stuff I've heard of Natal lately. I actually saw a developer interview today in a Natal thread on NeoGAF where this developer basically said, "Yeah, really, Natal doesn't do that much different than the PSI. <laughs> it's essentially yeah. the same tech. It's except it's got that infrared eye, but the PlayStation refreshes or the PSI refreshes at double the rate." So it can actually do because it's taking so many snapshots per second, it can do essentially the same thing. So I thought that was kind yeah. of funny. I was like, "Oh well, there you go." Um, I which, don't know. And whatever, motion. you know, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't want to hate on it, but like I level all the same criticisms at the PSP sure. wand. I don't think sure. either one of these things is a good idea. I think the better one out of the crappy tech though is going to be the Sony one because you have something in your hand. But yeah, I don't. I yeah. God, I hope. Companies just don't go to motion. I will stop video gaming. Or I'll buy I'll stop buying the new shit. Yeah. Alright. His second half is whatever happened to the official PlayStation magazine HD that was promised for PAL regions in two thousand nine. This was meant to be the European equivalent to core and was first talked about way back in March last year. But since then nothing's been said. Do you have any info? No. Hmm. We don't. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard we're, a damn thing. We're obviously yeah, we're obviously in the U.S., so anything that's been released on the web is about what we know. It's probably a good question for Governor PlayStation. Well, hold on. My buddy Miles Pilkington is here. Maybe we could ask him. Pip, pip, cheerio. I have no idea. <laughs> is that Professor Layton? Is it? No. <laughs> if it is, it's purely coincidental. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> anyway. All right. He ends it with, thanks, Bundle Guys, and keep up the podcasting from Wisconsin. P.S. Whenever you play any of those sound effects, especially the ones with Mark or Glenn saying something on them, I laugh my head off and often get several questions about what I'm laughing at. If it's not too much trouble, could you play your funniest sound effects in one continuous playthrough? Oh, please, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to savor them because I don't want to run it into the ground like a certain mom joke. There you get one song clip. That's all you get. Yeah, that's a good example of running it into the ground. Hey, <laughs> I like that sound. Shut up. I'm just glad I have that sound. Thanks to Jason from Indus for pointing me there because it was always me going "hoyo." Yeah, Jason, we're gonna have to have words. Ed McMahon rules. Shut your mouth. All right, last voicemail, and then we'll go on to emails here. Uh, oh yeah, this guy never left us his name, so <laughs> I'm just gonna call him the Shadow. The shadow knows. The shadow asks a question. Hey, guys. Um, pretty uh, recent listener. Just started back in, like, October. We're sorry. Uh, just got a quick question <laughs> for you. I know it's not really a topic guys have been talking about recently, but uh, um, the topic of Elder Scrolls. It's a thing that I really like, and I'm kind of starting to miss it. Uh, you know... Fallout 3 came out, and it was it was cool, but, I mean, it, it just didn't have the same, I guess, what would you put it, pizzazz as, you know, what the other really put forward. I mean, and even, you know, my Oblivion, yeah, it's been sitting there. You know, it, it's collected dust for a little while. I've been playing other things, but, you know, every once in a while, I'll still go back to it and really think, yeah, wow, this was a great game. And I kind of wish they would bring it back. Um, was just wondering if you guys have heard any news about anything of whether they're going to make another one, make Elder Scrolls 5, 
is, uh, I don't know about you guys, but something I really like about gaming. Thanks. Uh, great show, guys. Uh, thanks a lot. Do we have any new info? Nope. <laughs> yeah, they, they've, I think, said not too long ago that, like, somebody asked if it's in the works, and I think they pretty much avoided the question. But it's pretty much a given that once they're done with Fallout stuff, because they've got the, the Fallout New Vegas thing coming out this year, I right. think we're going to start hearing stuff about Elder Scrolls Five after well, that. I, yeah, I think that's a given. The, the game, that, that whole series has just done phenomenally for them, and, and I think they're Bethesda just writing the, the map. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I... That. I th- I thought Delta V actually put them on the map. But oh, you don't maybe even, don't you remember that game? Um, no, I, I think they're riding the Fallout gravy train, and once it starts to you know head toward the station, you're going to start hearing a lot about Elder Scrolls. Who knows? You might hear about it at E3. I, nobody knows. Yeah, though. I would not put that out of question. I could I could um, at least see us seeing a poster or an ad somewhere for a new Elder Scrolls, like a teaser. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Microsoft's locked up the exclusivity anyway. Huh. Uh, Jerk stores. Maybe. We'll see if, if that happens again. But uh, something you may want to think about, if you have a decent gaming PC, with the PC version, you can actually install all, sort, all sorts of user-made mods. And True. they are insane. Like You can get stuff to expand your game and completely change it, add weapons, armor, different leveling systems. Truly, truly insane. Uh, I don't have any websites handy to tell you to go look at stuff, but... Uh, Google works. Crap. What? Yeah, Google, you can Google works. it, of course. I think TES Source was one for a long time. I don't know if it's still around. But, I mean, there are literally, like, tens of thousands of user-made mods for Elder Scrolls. And I actually really enjoy playing that and Morrowind more on the PC just because it's got all that cool stuff in there. But if you don't have a PC that can run it, it's kind of a moot point. So, <laughs> I even have Oblivion on, uh, on PC. Me too. I played it for a whole two hours. <laughs> <laughs> See, my problem with the mods is that I will spend so much time like finding new mods and fine-tuning it and getting them all to work that I never end up playing as much of the game as I should. I restarted Oblivion like ten times. Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I just got to call this out really quick. Nick Sutner uh, just posted something on Twitter, and he said, uh, just advised a fellow Best Buy patron to not spend $60 on an HDMI cable for his 360 and to buy it online instead. feel like it just stopped the crime. <laughs> <laughs> and that was after um, Scott and I were shopping on Saturday, and they had a six-foot USB cable for, I think it was 40 bucks. And I Jesus. honestly, and I did physically flip it off when we walked out. That was yeah. just insane, yeah. I just F ordered a ten foot USB cable from Newegg. It was two fifty. <laughs> Granted, 250. I mean, like six bucks shipping, but I ordered a bunch of stuff, so I was able yeah. to combine that. <laughs> so hats off to you, Mister Sutner. Mm-hmm. All right, on to the next email, I believe. Oh, it's my turn. I don't know. Okay, because you read Ben X's. Oh, yeah. Although you should probably answer this one. Uh, hey, Mark and Glenn. I do not have a single RPG game, and I want to buy one. My question is, for a guy who loves adventure games, what RPG game would you recommend for me? Thanks. And that's from Nandog. Uh, don't say Demon Souls. You are not starting somebody out on Demon Souls. He'll never play <laughs> an RPG again. It. He'll never uh, play an he RPG loves, again. He loves adventure games, so I don't <laughs> think Demon Souls is one to start with. No, but it's one you should look into because it does kind of bridge the gap between 
an adventure game and an RPG. But I'm going to say also, wait until May for 3D.Game Heroes. Well, that's the, the flip side of the coin, where it's all retro-inspired, and if he's not into that, it's not going to really appeal to him. I disagree. It's going to be awesome. Well, I think it's going to be awesome, too, but not everybody's going to like it. Um, but don't start with Demon Souls, because you're just going to get your teeth kicked in and then get mad at us. <laughs> uh, no, Mark. You'll get mad at Mark. I've, I said not to say that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for w- another one, though? Let's see. Uh, isn't the new Star Ocean out in a couple weeks? It is, but I'm thinking, actually, Oblivion might not be bad. Because yeah. he loves adventure games. Oblivion, it's like a first-person RPG, so you, you see yourself swinging your sword and all that. Um, I think that might be a little less hardcore than something... Like, JRPGs can kind of be an acquired taste. They just work differently, and if you've never played one before... I don't know if I would start with Star Ocean, but maybe actually check out Final Fantasy Thirteen when it comes out. It seems like it's kind of streamlined what a JRPG is, and next week we'll actually have an extended impression segment with uh, Roy from Kotowari and our buddy Bleak Harvest. Woo-hoo. And it seems like they've really taken it and distilled it down to, like, here, you're just going to go from point A to point B, we're going to throw in all these story segments, and there's a really good battle system attached to it. Hmm. So it kind of cuts out a lot of the running around and some of the needless grinding that you do in a lot of other JRPGs. Well, you know, it's not an RPG, but more of an adventure game, but how about Darksiders? That's not a bad one either. That definitely is more of an adventure game. I wouldn't even call that an RPG. Well, right, right, but I mean, you know, a lot of people keep comparing it to Zelda, and Zelda's considered an RPG, an action RPG. Um, Now, again, like like Mark just said, it's not an RPG at all, really, but it, it is a good adventure game, and I know it's a little off subject, but I actually think that'd be a good game, too. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So, there you go. I mean, there's good stuff on the way, so you may just kind of want to wait and see. But I, I think Oblivion might be a, a decent place to start at the moment. Sure. And 3D.Game Heroes in May. Look at it. If you can stand pixel block characters, then yes. That game's going to rule. Of course it is, but not for everybody. No, for everybody. It's going to rule. 40 bucks. It's going to rule. Uh-huh. Buy it. Sucker. All right. Last email. Your turn. This one's from XM Beaner. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I recently purchased a PSP Go, and now I hate myself. Oh, After I got the device, I realized what a waste it is. My PSP 3000 did everything that the Go did, and it had the option to play UMDs. Didn't play I say used that? UMDs. The Bluetooth is just a gimmick right now, and because it uses a single cable, I cannot use any of my accessories. My friends are trying to convince me that it's an amazing device, but it just makes me hate them. Is the Go really worth it? Because now I have one and I wish I didn't. Now, let me just say, start by saying, I think this is the last is the Go worth it or not email we're going to field because we've done so many of them and our answers have been the same every single time. Here's the funny I thing. Ever, Haven't I what? said exactly what he was saying like 10 times when I bought my Go? That it's Pretty not much. for everybody. You can only use their cable and you have to buy all new accessories blah 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 i thought that's what i said (laughs) but i'll give him the benefit of the doubt because maybe he hasn't listened to all those episodes all right all right good point good point yeah but no i mean you bought a go for the wrong reasons everything we've said you know the 3000 can do everything the go can with the big enough memory stick you know you can play the umds on it you can download everything if you already had accessories for it i don't really understand why you bought the go 
because you should have realized to begin with you couldn't use them all. It is an amazing device. I personally think it's too expensive. Not necessarily overpriced, but it is too expensive. There's a difference, really. I mean, with the the level of technology that goes into it, yeah. I'm sure they're probably selling it for what they can. Right. But I still think it's too expensive. Uh, yeah, honestly, you probably made a mistake. I mean, if you really wanted UMD and everything, you shouldn't have bought a Go. Yeah. You should have uh, done some more research, I guess. It's, it's you know, I really like mine. And actually, I like mine more than I expected to like it. I use it more than I expected to use it. Uh, I take it with me a lot more than my 3000 or my 2000. Uh, but, you know, after saying all that, I still play the shit out of my 3000 and my 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason I have both of them running still is that I have my Japanese account on one and my U.S. account on the other. So it's 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 funny that I, I really don't think it's fair to say that you hate yourself for it, but your wallet's going to be hating you because you have to buy everything new for it. You have to buy all new games yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's more buyer's remorse than anything else. I guess. I mean, especially if you had a 3000, and I think that was my biggest point was if you have a 3000, there really is no reason to get a go unless yeah. you want the portability or unless you don't have that many UMD games. It's, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I have always said the 3000 is a great device and it has the best of both worlds. It has the digital downloads already available. It has the microphone and it has, uh, you know, the UMD drive for all the used games that you find at all the shops. So, you know, is it really worth it, et cetera, et cetera? It, it's, it depends on who you are. Uh, I know OmniLaw loves his. He, he doesn't even play his old PSPs anymore. He only uses his Go. So there, there's people on both ends of the spectrum. And I guess you probably should have just thought it out a little bit more. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, We all so get caught up in gadget and toy hype. Oh, definitely. I, I thought I was doing that as well when I got the go, but I really do enjoy having it. I, I keep yeah. it in my pocket quite a bit. It's, I mean, when you, when you compare the size to my iPhone, it's almost exact. So yeah. it's very easy to carry. Yeah. And I think it's a, a sexy little piece of hardware, but I can't rationally justify spending that much on it right now when I have a, a working 2000. Exactly. So, yeah, and like Mark said, any more questions like this, we're not going to take them. No, I think we've... At this point. <laughs> I, I think we've explained ourselves enough on that one. I think so. Yeah. Alright, so uh, we are all done. Next week, a lot of shit next week. Uh, as Mark just mentioned before, uh, a lengthy Final Fantasy 13 discussion with Bleak Harvest and with Roy from Kotowari.org. Uh, we have an interview for White Knight Chronicles that we'll be doing here in a couple days, uh, I believe with one of the U.S. producers. Uh, my review for Puzzle Geddon and my review for Polar Panic, along with whatever else we get to. <laughs> nice. I yeah. probably won't be... Well, we'll see. I may have some extra time this weekend, so I'll try to get more time in with uh, Darksiders. And I think we're both going to try to get the uh, the demo played for Lunar for the PSP because that demo came out. Yes. yes. Yeah. So uh, a lot of RPG stuff next week, but I would not fret everybody. I don't think it's going to be all RPG stuff. We're still going to talk about a lot of other things. Uh, yeah, also to let people RPG. know. Yeah. <laughs> also to let people know, uh, I am actively working on. Uh, well, we we've pretty much already secured the interview for MLB 10, the show. Uh, I am actually working right now with 2K Games to get an interview for MLB 2K 10 as well, so we can get both sides of the story. It looks a little promising. They actually put uh, the stadiums back to their original dimensions. I I don't know. Well, Mark doesn't really realize this, but last year, 
uh, one of the big problems with MLB 2K9, there were a lot of problems with it, but one of the big problems was they actually changed the dimensions of the stadiums in a few instances where they made the left field wall in Washington like double the size to accommodate this humongous State Farm ad. Because I it thought was, it looked bigger. Well, yeah. No, but I mean, think about it. <laughs> if if you're a sports fan, you know what these stadiums look like. They're all supposed to be very accurate, and they actually changed the dimension of the stadium just to put the State Farm ad up. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. So uh, they, they, they showed a screenshot for 10 compared to 9. They fixed that. Uh, although I do find it kind of funny uh, that... The home run derby for real is actually sponsored by State Farm this year. So they were showing this, the uh, home run derby in MLB 10, the show, and it was like sponsored by State Farm. And everybody said, Oh no, it's MLB 2K. No. So I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I'm actively working on that. And we're also working on uh, getting an interview for God of War 3. Uh, we're uh, working on getting an interview for something else too. I'm trying to, oh, uh, our Dead Nation interview with Housemark. We're uh, still working on that. The PR rep is actually out for paternity leave right now. So, <laughs> but that game's a little bit off in the distance still. So uh, we've got time on that one. Uh, and I am still honestly trying to get a Borderlands interview, but uh, Gearbox uh, is in the middle of working on that Vegas thing. So we're, we're just trying to get the time to do that. So a lot of stuff in the in the future here. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and plus MGC. A lot of games. Yeah. Don't forget our, our, our live show is coming up February 27th at 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we've confirmed a couple of guests so far, but we don't want to announce it yet. We're going to keep it a little bit smaller this time so the hijinks don't ensue as much. Uh, we're going to try to accommodate uh, the phone callers a lot easier. Uh, and also, don't forget... March, what is it? Uh, I can't remember right now, but uh, MGC is coming up in March, guys. And if you don't have your hotel room yet, I would suggest doing it. Uh, I know the rooms mm-hmm. are filling up pretty quickly at the Sheraton there. And, uh, yeah, get her done. you got to come visit us. Uh, the weekend of the 27th and 28th of March, unfortunately, same weekend as PAX East. Damn it. Yeah. That so, screwed things up. Yeah, just a little bit. All right, Mark, you got anything else? No. I need to go finish Mass Effect. <laughs> Good luck with that. Let's just call in sick to work tomorrow. Pull a, pull a Chris Riccio. Uh, you know, I was actually considering it, but I need, oh money my God. <laughs> I need money to buy all these games. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, for Mark and myself, have a good week and get out there and play some games. Bye. Have a good week. Folks, I like scary movies because I think we all like to be scared. That's not true, but... That is something that dumb actors say when they go on talk shows to promote their scary movie. <laughs> like, why did you take this role? Well, I think because we all like to be scared. No, we do not. We do not. Do, do you know why? It's scary. That's why nobody likes it. If you walk down the street, somebody sticks a gun in your face. Your reaction is not, this is awesome! <laughs> What a roller coaster ride I am on right now with this experience. What a thrill and a chill. <laughs> but there is a moment in, in any scary movie um, that will get me every single time. And it's the moment where you have your hero, right? He's the only guy that is doing anything about these werewolves or whatever. He is having a hell of a time. 
There's a break in the action. He finds himself in some building or other. He goes into the bathroom. All he wants to do is just splash some cold water on his face, right? (laughs) Get a little, you know, refresh himself a little bit. He's not done fighting the monsters. So, same every time. Turns on the water, and then he looks in the mirror first, as if to say, it's you and me, buddy. (laughs) It is nuts out there. (laughs) Tell you what, old friend. Why don't we treat ourselves to a little cold water on the face? I bet that'll make things seem a lot less bleak. So he goes down, and he splashes the water on his face, and then he comes back up. Hideous monster in the mirror! Gets me every single time and I know that it's coming too like as soon as I see the sink I'm like oh here we go it's gonna happen now look I know I'm a grown man and movies are fake right but I have a bathroom there's a mirror and a sink in there sometimes I'm alone in the house But then recently I realized I don't have to be scared of this anymore because my bathroom is too small for this to realistically happen. (laughs) And in order for a monster to get the drop on me, the phrase excuse me would have to be used. Like if he really wanted to go for the effect, right? Like if the monster was like, oh man, when he comes back up from that sink, it is going to be, this guy's going to lose his mind. I think they take pleasure in it because they're monsters. It's like if I'm putting the water on my face and I hear, uh, excuse me, uh, trying to get by here. Well, look who it is. Should have turned into a bat or something, stupid. <laughs> totally know you're in here. You just get out of here. Just go. You are the worst monster. <laughs> hey. Sorry about that worst monster crack. Um, I didn't need to go that far. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the situation. All right? Okay. I'll see you out there. Hey, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> okay. Good job.